Hey, I'm your host, Wes. And I'm your host, Scott. Come on in and grab a seat. Because you're hanging with us at the barbershop. Welcome back on another episode of Hanging at the Barbershop. And it feels like it's been like weeks. <laughs> weeks and weeks. Busy, right? It's been a busy time. At least two. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, right when we were ahead episodes. So yeah, it's I feel... funny how we've, uh, I feel like we've kind of like burned them up and used them. I think we're what? One ahead now? One in the bank. One in the bank. So we're going to get this one out. We're going to do a little bit of rescheduling magic because this episode is going to fall on to uh, New Year's. Happy New Year, everybody. Year in review. Special treat for you. We've got the whole Sawcast family here. It's uh, the original three. Here we are. There we go. I'm your host, Wes. I'm Scott. And out from behind the control board, Andy. Hello. <laughs> That's right. It's your Sawcast family. Happy New Year. So we thought it would be fun to, we all kind of went through and kind of Googled some stuff and remembered some stuff. And we've kind of slapped in our favorite uh, news clip or memory from each month this year. Yeah, not sure how your 2020 was, but, uh, you know, I think the prevailing... Uh, how do I say this? COVID-19 has uh, changed the face of the planet. And hard as uh, hard as we may have tried to, uh, you know, stay away from it, it invariably uh, will uh, turn itself loose throughout the, uh, the, re- the recall. Yeah, the, the recap. Year. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because, right, you try to go through and try to look for some funny stuff and try to some current or local stuff. And, uh, man... Really, 2020 is the year of COVID. It's everywhere. Yeah. And then some. But uh, And I if you're in the UK, it's come back for in, in its new and improved form <laughs> right yeah. now. But I think we've picked out some pivotal moments and some funny stuff, for sure. I think sure. so. We tried to uh, tried not to overlap each other. So, um, you know, I think we, uh, uh, on our dry run, we, uh, we got some, uh, some interesting headlines. I think we are going to spark some interesting conversation. Hopefully, fans, you enjoy the uh, the conversation as well, and we look forward to uh, to getting your feedback and uh, and you guys participating in the conversation, which you can do in a number of ways. You can always engage with us on our Facebook at uh, Hanging at the Barbershop. You can catch us on Instagram, or you can email us directly. It's Hanging at the Barbershop at gmail dot com. Well, gentlemen, how do we want to do this? You want to just kind of roundtable it and uh, go through it month by month, or I think that works really well. Pretty excited to hear what Andy's got. Uh, for those of you guys who are new to the show, uh, Andy uh, is our uh, our producer, our editor. He's the man who keeps us uh, uh, moving forward, is developing a new show soon to be coming. Tell us a little bit about that. New show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you or, don't have to give it all away. Or se- Yeah, show or segment? Show. It's, show. it's definitely, show. definitely working it in as nice. a full, full, uh, full cast show. Yeah, I don't know on the release schedule yet, but uh, it's going to cover a wide variety of topics. Yeah. Ranging from paranormal to cryptids and anything in between. So you are 
really sort of touching into the what's the like parapsychology and and sort of ufology and like all that other kind of fringy kind of stuff yeah anything a bit on the uh off the path of normal side excellent i very much look forward to listening to that one because i think that's going to be a whole heap and ton of fun coming soon in 2021 yes Oh, good times. Good times. So I'm I'm pretty excited because it's uh on our read through it sounded like a lot of your uh headlines were like news of the weird that may some of those things may sort of fit in with what's coming in the pipeline for you. A couple of them. A couple yeah. not so much, but uh still weird nonetheless. All right, well then uh well everybody, grab a hold of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and uh for the next I don't know how long this is gonna take, but uh enjoy the ride and hopefully uh We'll see you at the end of this thing. Let's go. January. What do you get for January, Scott? Man charged in meat theft. <laughs> Break and enter at Smokey Joe's in Peterborough and the autonomy uh, meat packers yeah. results in two men being charged with several offenses and leaves me asking, where is the beef? Where's the beef? So I think this uh, happened, it was reported, and both places were broken into, and large portions of product was stolen, and there was spoilage. And, right. Um, Smoky Joe's. Now, is that a, is that a restaurant? That's not a butcher. No, no it's, it's a butcher. It, okay, yeah, it's, it's a packing facility? Yep, or, yep. Okay, okay. Now, am I incorrect, but this isn't the first time this has happened to them. I don't believe so. I think it was interesting that it was uh, it was two places, and I think Autonomy's actually got hit twice in like three days. Um, so damage to doors and damage to product, uh, and then they kind of pieced it together, and uh, these guys were selling meat out of the side of their truck, and they oh, kind of pieced it man. together, and uh, yeah, charges were laid. Oh, and... so they did. They caught them. Yeah. <laughs> you dummies <laughs> well right anyone that's stealing meat and selling it local well, i don't think is is thinking through their how many times how many times do we see you're all on the facebooks and you all see this we all see similar posts because we're all kind of floating around the same groups and and i see everybody's sort of interactions like in our community groups and we see the same faces don't you know deal with this person or don't don't uh, this guy's a complete and total scammer or you know, all these warnings about if it's being sold, like you say, sold on the side of the road or, you know, check the local pawn shops. I mean, yeah. how many times have we seen that in the last year? Oh, 100%, right? And it's like, but people can't say no to a deal. <laughs> so it's like they don't, right? It's like, oh, that's such a good deal. I'm going to buy it. And yeah. don't even think where would that guy have gotten an eye of a round <laughs> and selling it at 99 cents a pound, right? I told you my story how I actually got a piece of stolen merchandise returned to me. No. Yeah, so it's actually a pretty cool story that goes hand in hand with that whole check the pawn shop thing. When I was still in the military, when I moved back to Ontario from Nova Scotia, I did a house hunting trip because the military affords you a week to go and look for a house if you're going to buy a house. So I had a rental car, but I brought my GPS with me and it had my home address, which was listed as my Nova Scotia address. But it also had the the uh, history, the drive history of all the houses that I went to look at in the week that I was in Ontario. So usually a house hunting trip is done, you know, several months before you move. And now it's several months later. I'm now settled back in Ontario. I've been living in my house now for a couple of months. I get a knock from the door and it's a very nice detective from the City of Barrie uh, Police Service. 
he's like, listen, this is really a long shot, but he's like, I've got this GPS and he holds it up and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And he's like, your neighbor across the street told me that you guys moved here from Nova Scotia. And I'm like, well, yeah, we did where I'm in the military and we moved here. And this is one of the houses we looked at. He's like, yeah, because the address for your house is in the GPS. I'm like, yeah, because I, I programmed it. He's like, can you tell me what your address was in Nova Scotia? So I tell him and he's like, yeah, it's yours. So where did they find it? They got it out of a pawn shop in Barrie. And when was your car broken into? So the posting was in July. So we would have done the house hunting trip in uh, March. And the car got broken into? During the trip. Oh. Within the first. Oh, man. I uh, It's my own fault, too, because I left the car unlocked by accident. And so, like, it, I had a a nice uh, uh, a wet skins uh, rain jacket that got stolen out of it. And the GPS and, like, the cup holder change right right? no damage or anything else just the couple stolen items never got the rain jacket back don't care but the gps came back and i just found that to be completely like fluky like sheer luck but again don't go hawking shit that you steal locally don't hawk it locally yeah Yeah. well that's right we had the truck stolen and the gps was taken and i was always worried like right they had my keys and yeah yeah and this whole thing of well shit they know where i live because of course i put the location of the house is home yeah yeah of course they they say you're not supposed to do that but no it wasn't a big deal for me because at that time they'd have had to drive to nova fucking scotia Anyway, that didn't that didn't happen. But yeah, this is yeah. my little side story to tie into your headline. Which Good times. I very much li- I like that. And what was your January headline? Well, I got a few actually. Um, I don't know if I need to read them all, but maybe uh, just well, the zingers. The zingers. So I'm going to go with this one. First off, January was the month that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle had announced that they were quitting the royal family. In addition to stepping back from official royal duties, they would seek their own financial independence. Uh, the two would be uh, allowed to retain the Duke and Duchess titles, but they were not uh, are not able to use the His or Her Royal Highness. Uh, and on top of that, they were stripped of all royal appointments. It was big news. It was big news. It was like it seemed like it was ongoing for months. And then the fact that they were moving to Canada, it started out that way, and then didn't last very long. They were going to the West Coast, I think, and then uh, something about her. Did she get a job? She got an acting job. Maybe. That took her back to LA, LA or something. And I think that's where they are now. But uh, I don't really follow them as a celebrity, like, power couple. Not a royal watcher? I'm not. But um, I got to tell you, of all of them, he's probably the one I have the most respect for because that guy spent 10 years in, in the army. Yeah, yeah, active duty right. and pretty the, much. The, it's not like Philip was in, I think Philip was in the Navy. So Philip was in the Navy and I think he, he did some sea time, but both boys, both Diana's boys are in the military. Um, oh my God. What's Harry's brother's name? Charles. <laughs> no, that's no, their Charles. dad. Oh, sugar. <laughs> um, the older brother. Wow. How can I be call myself a Canadian? and don't even know who these people are. Yeah, that's British. how important they are to me. Anyway, the older brother was a uh, search and rescue pilot. Correct. But Harry... Uh, Harry, hard charging motherfucker, was a infantry officer and did time in the shit in McGann. So I got to respect him for that. And he's really struggled with that, like not having those. I think it's the, a lot of the military stuff that he was associated with, like his appointments, having those stripped from him has really, really hurt him on a personal level because of, you know, the attachments that he has. It was important to him, yeah, right? Hugely important. 
there's that one. Oh, here's a fun one for you. <laughs> Back on the 20th of January this year, Pamela Anderson said, I do for the fifth time. <laughs> this time, the former Baywatch star married movie mogul John Peters, who happened to produce the 1976 and 2018 versions of A Star is Born, a movie which I finally uh, got to watch and decided I hated the fucking ending. <sighs> yeah. Pammy uh, tied the knot again. I think she should have tied a knot in it. <laughs> oh, dear. She's just trying to find love. Aren't we all? <laughs> I found my love. I got a couple more, but uh, I don't know if they're, any, if they're really worthy. Uh, one little one that's closer to home, January 7th. Uh, drummer of uh, my favorite band, Rush. Neil Peart passed away after a three-year battle with uh, brain cancer. World-renowned and respected by virtually uh, everyone in his field, Neil's achievements in rock and roll are unparalleled. It was a sad day. He died the same day as my mom. Mm. So. And it's weird, too, because we didn't find out until three days later. So, I mean, the announcement was on January 10th, but that was like, oh, he died on the 7th. And I'm like, what? Same day as my mom. So it was a little bit of a moment there where the magic kind of went out of the music for me there for a little while, but... Uh, I'd never grieve, never grieve. This is the first, probably the first one that I really, really grieved in terms of like celebrity death. It's usually so, I'm so disconnected from it, right? It, there's no, no connection. Yeah. This one really hit home, man, did mm. it ever. Uh, and the last one, oh, poor Aerosmith, uh, Aerosmith drummer, Joey Kramer filed a lawsuit against the band for freezing him out of big performances. At the Music Cares Person of the Year Honors and the Grammys. And unfortunately for him, the judge sided with the band, saying that because he hadn't performed with them since April of 2019, that there was no confidence that uh, his skills were up to that level of performance. He didn't have the licks. No, which is funny because the band actually said, you know, you got to come out, come to the shows and, and accept the awards. And he did. And then kind of awkwardly shuffled off the stage when they go to, to perform. To yeah. So. But I mean, this is the thing, right? If you're not consistently playing the music. Yeah. I mean, I don't know as a non-music person at all. I'm not a musician by any means, so I cannot, I cannot really critique those who do. Is it like riding a bike? I think it's like any hand-eye coordinated skill. Like if you're not doing it. You, you'd be rusty. You'd you be a beat behind. Yeah. I, I, you know, even if you, you know, I played that song a hundred times, but if you hadn't played it currently within the calendar year with the other guys, you don't know if they're a beat behind or a beat ahead or yeah. you, you lose that, uh, that magic, right? Well, when the devil came back to Georgia, you know, Johnny <laughs> had to uh, practice a bit. Oh my God. It's funny. You should say that. I didn't, pick, I did not pick that one. But that was a headline this year in entertainment news. Uh, uh, yes. Later this year, um, uh, Charlie Daniels uh, did pass away this year. Yeah. Interesting that you'd mentioned that. Uh, hey, I learned I can still play Mary Had a Little Lamb on a recorder. <laughs> I my, don't want to hear that. My granddaughter has a little cheap plastic uh, play recorder that only the top three holes actually change. Anything after that, the note does not change. It's imperceptible. But the, the, the first three, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I still remember. Yep. And now every time I do it, she's like, here, Grandpa, play this. <laughs> I was going to say, you started a, a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to pitch my recorder in public school. Didn't we all? I think so. Mm -hmm. 
it never would have passed fucking COVID protocols. Well, it was yours. Yeah, blowing on it. Fish. No, man. Grade grade seven and grade eight, those things were handed out and collected at the end of the class. No. Yes, they yep. were. For sure they were. And it got worse because they, well, the first ones we played, they were made of wood. Remember that? Are you guys young? Were you guys old I enough? feel mine was plastic, and I feel like I got it in a case, yeah. and I got to take it home. Did you really? I feel oh, like. I did not. My first one was a wood one, and then they they cycled them, like you say, to plastic. And I don't know if that was better or worse, because you could see the fucking chew marks on it, and it was the most disgusting thing ever. Ugh. I hated that thing. <laughs> That's my January. <laughs> wow, yeah. What about you, Andy? Uh, I got one here from CBS.com. Uh, weather services issues alert for falling iguanas. <laughs> what? Uh, I guess down in Florida, as they were dipping down in the temperatures, because the iguanas are an invasive species, if oh. it drops below 50, they get really sluggish. And when it gets down as cold as it did... They freeze up and... And they were falling out of the trees. Falling out of the trees onto pedestrians. <laughs> so. Damn you, global warming. You know, people were warned to, you know, keep have your you, head up. Have you guys ever seen... Uh, you guys all know my wife. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but she has a slight teensy-weensy... You yeah, know, you guys can't see my fingers, but teensy-weensy fear of uh, spiders. So if there's one like descending from the ceiling, she will like flip out. And you got to go squish it? Actually, she's getting better at that. She's to the point now where like she can grab a shoe and smash it with a shoe, but not like to the point where I'll go get like a piece of like a paper towel and I'll just grab it and crush it. But I'm just trying to envision Kim walking under a palm tree and getting iguana. <laughs> right. Uh, I think I'd lose my banana. Like, right? I, I, I probably would too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh. oh they're big enough. They got some weight behind yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Could do some damage. Yeah, they, they do. They grow big. All right. On to February. February. It was fucking cold here. Uh, Quarth Lakes, Ontario, Canada. It was cold. So I thought it was important to state that this was a leap year. Whoop, whoop. So, of course, it's always in February, right? You get that extra day. Hang on to your hats because we're not going to have another one until 2024, till the next one. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, on a leap year, uh, the ladies can propose to their men. And at Sarah Samey, uh, you can look at her Twitter. She did ask her man and he said yes. And that's on her Twitter feed. So if anyone else there in our listening audience is up for a little role reversal, uh, send us a message. Is Sarah a fan of the show? She's not, but she was... Do you think she will be now? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we could bury her on the hashtag and see what she uh, what she does. But yes, they uh, she posted some pictures of her uh, leap year anniversary, or, uh, engagement. proposal engagement, and it was very nice that her man said yes. I don't know if that means her man was uh, not shitting on the... Shit on the pot or get off. Yeah, really. Whether he was dragging his feet or not. But uh, she had uh, no thoughts of saying or waiting any longer. So she uh, popped the question. Doesn't that say something about gender roles in the 21st century? 
It's still there. <laughs> as much as you want to think that it's changed and... No, I didn't say it's changed. I'd like to think it's changing. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. Yeah. But we're working on it. Uh, What do you want me to do? You want me to give one? Sure. Hey, well, February, follow-up to our January story. Guess what, guys? After just a whopping 12 days of marriage, Pamela Anderson and John Peters confirmed that they had split. What? <laughs> Uh, then came the confusing game of he said, she said. Pamela reportedly realized that she'd made a mistake just a day and a half into the union, which ultimately was not legally binding as they hadn't filed their marriage certificate. I wonder, did they consummate <laughs> the uh, the marriage? Oh, you're damn right they did. And you know, that maybe that played into it. Maybe it was just terrible, terrible... Uh, t- uh, uh, Relations. Yeah. <laughs> and then what did he say? He actually said later on to uh, a British tabloid, that uh, he'd ended the relationship via text message, no less, saying that he was an old fool for falling for Pam again 30 years after they had initially dated, and he was hurt because he'd paid off $200,000 in bills for her in the 12 days that they were married. But he got the boner. I'm sorry, but like (laughs) Pamela Anderson 20 years ago, I don't even know if that's a $200,000 bone. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the big one, the big, big entertainment news for February this year, Harvey Weinstein was convicted. He wasn't sentenced, but he was convicted of uh, two sex crimes after a long trial that included graphic testimony from multiple witnesses. After five days of deliberations, a jury found that Weinstein, age 67, was guilty of committing a criminal sex act in the first degree involving one woman and rape in the third degree involving another. He was acquitted of three other charges. Uh, Weinstein was remanded into custody following the announcement of the verdicts, and the uh, the sentencing came much, much later. What else we got going? February was a busy month. We got uh, more celebrity death, Kirk Douglas. We lost Kirk Douglas in February. Michael uh, had an, His son Michael had announced it, um, saying that it was with, with tremendous sadness that my brothers and I announced that Kirk Douglas left us today at the age of 103. And uh, here's one for you guys. I don't know. You guys uh, Friends fans? The TV series Friends? I watched it it. when I was on TV. I'm watching it now on Netflix as uh, background noise because I did not watch it in its original run. So I'm I'm finding it. Maybe it's my age now. I actually find it far more entertaining now than it ever was when it was on before. But uh, back in February, an unscripted... Reunion event was uh, announced to be going on later this year on uh, HBO Max, and apparently it uh, has already aired. Did anybody see it? No. Yeah, me neither. Wasn't on my watch I guess not. (laughs) That whole HBO Max thing and the distribution deals, though, like if none of the Canadian, you know, looking at you, the CRTC, if if none of the the networks or none of the uh, Canadian cable companies picked it up, then... You know, you're kind of... It doesn't come. Not really, unless you're streaming with a... I guess it would be the VPN, I guess. Well, you can see it on the satellites. You get it on the uh, Crave channels and then HBO there. Yeah, so I did not... And I didn't buy in... When did I buy into Crave? I bought Crave to get Picard. So whenever Picard aired, I don't remember. But I'll tell you, I did not see it. So, And would I want to watch an unscripted reunion thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. 
I've got the Will Smith one PBR to watch. So. Oh, let me know how that is because I'm I'm keenly interested to know how that one went. Mm. Uh, that's my February. What do you got, Andy? Uh, I've got again from CBS.com. Armed men steal hundreds of rolls of toilet paper in Hong Kong as coronavirus fears spread. Well, you got to wipe. You got to wipe. True. Wait, so it's bad enough that here in North America we had to deal with the doomsday preppers, but they've resorted to, like, just outrightly stealing it. Yeah. Three knife-wielding robbers stole 50 packs from a delivery man. Oh, boy. Now, eventually they were caught and they were arrested and, you know, it was recovered, the toilet paper valuing in at $220, but uh, (laughs) I guess they're not aiming as high these days. Oh, my God. I guess, you know, the price of shit tickets just went up. Right. It's not like the great maple syrup theft of uh, 2019 or the moose head theft of 2018 or whatever it was, uh, right? Was that the Toronto moose? No, like moose head beer. Yeah. Out uh, east, they had a a big truck of kegs go missing. Or the uh, big tomato uh, theft of- uh, Right. Yeah. But that's good. I like that. All right, on to March. So hard-pressed not to mention this, that on March 11th was the official day that COVID-19 was declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization. I'd like to say that that's enough COVID news, but I know it probably pops up a couple more times uh, throughout this. But, uh, man, as we said at the start, 2020 has been the year of COVID. I'm so done with COVID. Yeah, 2020 is the COVID kick to the balls, even if you don't have a pair. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how hard it's kicking. What day did you say that was? March 11th. Is that your only headline for the month? The month? Uh, that was the only one I chose. You, what's funny is that uh, same day, March 11th, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, came out uh, as the first, publicly, the first celebrities to announce that they... Uh, they had COVID-19, but uh, they weren't the only ones. We had a slew of uh, celebrities that have since announced and some have actually passed on because of it. But uh, uh, Idris Elba, Andy Cohen, and Colton Underwood, to name a few. And even the royals were not exempt, as on March 24th was announced that Prince Charles had contracted the virus and was self-isolating up in Scotland. So, yeah, COVID is, uh, yeah, kicked the shit out of everybody. We lost Kenny Rogers in March. The gambler, uh, he knew when to when to fold him. When to fold him. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Well, maybe a little maybe pun a intended. Little pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Love Kenny Rogers. You got a favorite Kenny Rogers moment? No. Certainly wasn't his plastic surgery. I'll tell you that much. Maybe Kenny, his chicken. His chicken. Did he not rotisserie chicken? Did yeah. Kenny Rogers have he had a restaurant? They made a whole arc out of that on really? uh, Fresh Off the Boat. He had a rivalry going with Michael Bolton. Really? And Kenny Rogers had a chain of chicken restaurants, so Michael Bolton wanted a chain of steakhouses. Oh, my God. But eventually, Kenny Rogers buys the steakhouse. (laughs) So it's Kenny Rogers, Michael Bolton's- Steak and Cattleman's Ranch. Cattleman's Ranch. What was this on? Uh, It's Fresh Off the Boat. Fresh Off the Boat. Is that a movie? No, it's a TV show. TV show. Okay. Who's got it in Canada? It's on the Comedy Network. Okay. So that's probably- That's probably Belle- I don't know. Off to and look I'm forward. pretty sure it's on CTV as well. Uh, Kenny Rogers did one of my all-time favorite childhood movies, Six Pack. Anybody remember the Six Pack? I do not. Like super, super early appearances of uh, Anthony Michael Hall. 
like way, way like young. He's like plays his character Swifty. They keep calling him Shifty. It's Swifty, man. It's about like six kids who are uh, are uh, orphaned. They live it basically in a shack in like southern U uh, any town USA. And uh, Kenny Rogers' character plays a washed up NASCAR driver, Brewster Baker. And uh, so the the sheriff, the sheriff of the town, has this uh, basically uh, uh, car stripping racket going on where the kids are mechanically inclined. So the kids would go out at night and strip the cars for the sheriff and he would basically throw them a pittance so that they could live. But then when they, when Brewster Baker rolls into town, they, they hit his race car, which is being trailered behind his camper and he chases them down, figures out what's going on and ends up, it's this like, becomes this like a blended family movie where like he visits an old love interest and she, the sparks are reignited. And the two of them, you know, want what's best for the kids. And by the end of the movie, they're this big blended family. And it's this, even now in, what year is it? No, 2020, watching this movie from, what, 1980, 81? Still one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, movies of all time. So, Kenny Rogers fans, if you've never seen it, it's six-pack. It's, uh, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but um, if you're on my friends list, I will loan you my DVD copy if you really want to watch it. So, yes, six-pack. Oh, enough about Kenny. Uh, what else happened in March? Oh, hey, Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison for rape and sexual assault. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Right. He yeah. made good movies. Yes, he did. I went did. through the list and I was like, oh, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Can I still like these movies? Because he made them. I think on the guy some level. The money though, right? Yes and no. I mean, Harvey Weinstein, like when well, we talked about this before, uh, on our sister show on Fandom Power about the casting couch being a real thing. And he was a huge, like, huge, huge part of that where, like, he was literally, like, I'm sitting here, come sit on my lap. Like, that kind of stuff. You want the part, there's the couch. Yeah, it was very much like that. So, and and all, the, like, this, the whole Me Too thing and everything that spun out of it, and it's still, still ongoing. Congratulations, Harvey Weinstein, on promulgating woke culture. We thank you for that while you rot in prison, you sack of shit. <laughs> here, here. Uh, here's a fun one. Everybody fan of the Crocodile Hunter? Yes. Remember the Crocodile Hunter? Crocodile Hunter himself, uh, his little girl, Bindi Irwin, got married in March. She married her longtime beau, Chandler Powell, at the Australia Zoo where they first met. Aww. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Where they were uh, first engaged. Australia Zoo, that was the, the zoo that Steve ran with his father. So big family connection there. Cool to see her uh, all grown up. And then lastly, <laughs> lastly, I used to say, uh, as a friend of mine, when I was back in the army in the early days, and, and we used to joke about if you had a celebrity death list, who would be on it? And uh, my buddy Rick at the time, he's like, I only have one answer for that. And it's Judge Judy. <laughs> I hate to ask. Yeah. Celebrity death. Yeah. If list? you had a list of celebrities that could be put to death with a snap of your fingers, like they should just be dead. Oh, to, to end them. They should not be around anymore. Okay. Yeah. The Thanos so, list. I guess so. Right. Yeah, really. Okay, I got you. The snap list, eh? Yeah. And Judge Judy. Judge Judy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I hate Judge Judy. And I thought, well, I think she's great for a laugh. Turns out Judge Judy is ending her uh, relationship with uh, the CBS network after um, 
25 years. So 25 seasons of Judge Judy. Man, that's more than half my age. It's like a quarter century. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, Judge Judy has been in my life more than she is not. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Justice will continue to be served as she moves over to a yet unnamed network for a new show called Judy Justice. Where I'm sure she'll be uh, engaging with her usual repertoire of uh, a repartee of of wit and insults. I wonder if those decisions were legally binding. The, uh, they are. If you know how they do the the rapid fire, the credit sequence. Yes. If after watch, because my mom would watch it and I would watch it with her. So I don't remember the network. It might have been one of the like TBS or the USA network, but they would show like multiple episodes in a row. So over time, like you could read the segment, the credit segment over multiple viewings. And essentially all of those court shows have a similar kind of theme where the people who are, who are litigating whatever jurisdiction that they would fall into, they waive their rights and they agree to be bound by whatever the court, the TV court judge says, right? which is whatever the, the jurisdiction that they're in. So for Judge Judy, it was, I think, California is whatever she could dole out. Right. And then any monies awarded were paid by the show. Oh. So even the... Even the so the, losing is still winning. Yeah. Even the losers would get paid like an appearance fee or, or some kind of like remuneration for just being there. But uh, yeah, I always found that interesting. I actually, I actually saw it once. I don't know if it was... It might have been the People's Court. It was like a pair from Alberta once on the on the People's Court, but yeah, I guess it was more important for them to have their ten minutes of fame because I think the court segments are like you get two and a half hour show, yes. so like really fifteen minutes if you're lucky, not not include well <laughs> ten minutes we got to have commercials. Yeah, yeah. So Judge Judy moving on to a new show. What do you got for uh, March, Andy? Uh, I got a follow up. Tech well, technical follow up. Okay. A baby born in the toilet paper aisle of a Missouri Walmart. As I was saying uh, on the dry read, Scott, we've been to Missouri. Does that seem odd to you? No. (laughs) So basically because of the shortages, she was there and her water broke and informed the people around her that, you know, this being not her first kid. uh, Oh, it was going to be a fast one. Yeah, it's like, yeah, get ready. She's coming. It's a coming. So... It's a coming quick. Didn't you? Now, you have three kids, Scott. Didn't your wife say that the third one was a fast delivery? Why are you bringing that up? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then I'm going to say something, and she's going to be like, why are you talking about that on air? I was just, you could just say yes or no. That was a fast delivery? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's not my news to tell. That's Wesley. fair. Okay, that's fair. Well, luckily, there was a labor nurse who was in the area. Wanting toilet paper, too. Yeah, exactly. Donned some gloves and helped her out. So did she cherry pick the gloves off the show? Oh, I totally would have. Well, yeah, I'd be like, oh. Uh, no, she actually had them in her pocket. Go figure. Healthcare oh, professional yeah. had them on her person. That's Ready to go. Responsible and all professional. that Professional. Yeah. Yep. Good for her. Better than me. I don't carry gloves anymore. March. So are we through March? We are. I guess so. Let's see. We're definitely into springtime now. April's rolling around. COVID's in full effect. The snow here, I think, is finally melted. What do you got? April Fools. Not really. (laughs) Um, On April 27th, uh, South Korea told CNN 
Right. That despite speculation that Kim Jong Un, oh, he is alive and well. He's not dead because there's been speculation <laughs> that he was in a vegetative state or even dead after heart surgery. I gotta tell you, when that story was breaking, I'm not a religious guy, but I was praying. <laughs> could he? Could he be? Could it be? Could it be? be the way to get him? Right? You just get, sneak in a doctor or pay a doctor off and be like, listen, he's getting up in age. He's going to start needing like things done, you know, yeah. heart surgery or this or that. Just, you know, pump a little extra anesthetic into him and just make sure he never wakes up. So contrary to popular belief, it was not a sequel to Weekend at Bernie's. Correct. Weekend at Kim's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Did you get anything else for April? I did not. Nice. I'm a I'm a one month. Oh, you're kind a one. Guy. Okay, one story per month. Okay, I've got a few. Let's see. We've got. Oh, we can a little follow up here. Uh, April first was the first day since Megxit, as Harry and Meghan were no longer senior working royals. So that's what three three months that they got a reprieve on uh, on whatever they were getting, and it's still they were getting paid, I guess, by by the British government for that whole time. More than likely. Yeah. 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 Ching, ching. So the lighter side to COVID, and I kind of, you could kind of expect this, you know, the joke is made about living in Canada and living in the cold. There's only so many things you can do when it's cold and snowing outside. Apparently the same applies for COVID as uh, celebrity pregnancy seemed to be the news of the month. Several celebrity couples announced pregnancies, including uh, Leighton Meester and Adam Brody, Chris Pratt and Catherine Schwarzenegger, and baby number five. For Alec Baldwin and his wife, Hilaria. How's that guy still getting it up? Uh, He's old. He is old. And uh, like I was saying earlier, um, we happened to catch on, was either Crave? I think it was on Crave. There's a new version of the match game, the, the game show, and he hosts it. And he is constantly slamming himself for taking the job because it allows him to be home every day with the, with the new baby. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's right. Ideally, that's how your career works. Yeah. And you get to a point and be like, oh, what can I do that's actually going to get me home to be with my family? But he makes these jokes about, is this what I'm reduced to? <laughs> Fistful of Viagra to keep yeah. getting, I don't know. I that's hope- the thing, though. Like, uh, he's, he's um, like 20... He is significantly older than his wife. And a lot of the, the couples, uh, celebrity couples news that I looked at for this show, there were huge, like, May-December relationships. I'm like, it really, money does speak that much. Mm-hmm. Like, David's, David Foster is, like, a um, producer arrangement uh, a musician. David Foster has a wife who is, like, I think she's, like, in her... She's like 28 and he's like, like North of 60. Anyway, money or love, Scott, everybody, you just said it. You said at the beginning of the show, everybody's looking for love, money or love money. I have to agree with you on that. Can't buy me love. Can't buy me love, but you can buy some love. Even if it's by the hour. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Um, Oh, speaking of musical news, everybody remember uh, it was a huge hit song, at least for the 10 seconds that I remember it. Uh, Stacy's mom has got it going on. That's still on a 
few playlists. It is. Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, so the Fountains of Wayne uh, frontman Adam Schlesinger passed away due to complications from the coronavirus. He was just 52. Uh, besides Stacy's mom, he went on to do the title song to the Oscar, an Oscar-nominated song for the film That Thing You Do with Tom Hanks. He wrote the song The Thing You Do. Yeah, so that's my uh, April. Hmm. Over to you, sir. I have one. It kind of squeaked through because of the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe that's why they did it. But uh, in April, the Pentagon released three short videos of unidentified aerial phenomenon. Oh, yes. The U.S. government acknowledges that UFOs are real. Yes. Yeah, They were previously released by a private company, but they decided they should release them just to clear up any confusion. Oh, sweet. By any chance, did the words Space Force appear in your notes? It did not. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fast forward, here we are, and we got Space Force. Space Force was in the news this it month. It was. That's just the other day. That's December's yeah, news. Yeah, it is. I guess I should have I put it should have put it in my notes, but I didn't. Um, they're going to be <laughs> guardians. Guardians. They're guardians <laughs> in space. <sighs> and their logo looks like Star Trek. Is there any more pop culture franchises we can rip off? Like, well, this they stuff... can name the station Sword. Oh my God, the comedy writes itself with this thing. Like, I can't believe it. I guess the only thing, the only thing that that gives this new branch of the armed forces any legitimacy in my mind is that the first, the first actual enlisted Space Force guardians are having to pass some form of the United States Air Force, their basic training. So there is some military training involved, but man, it just, I mean, I can hear the clown car music in my head as the, as these things are. (laughs) So yeah, space force. Cool headline though. UFOs being real. I think. uh, So they're not weather balloons. They are not weather balloons. They're not swamp gas. Nope. Not anymore. Now, the uh, the lead singer of Blink-182 says uh, that they might have released it because of the investigative work that they are doing. Yeah, he's been... Tom DeLonge? Yes. He's been working on this stuff for, like, quite a while, to to my understanding. So He's a card-carrying member of the Tinfoil Hat Club. Yeah, there is that. Um, I like that club. They're out there. Do you, guys, <laughs> do, you guys got any, do you guys got any UFO stories, like personal ones? None as of yet. No? I think it was just a kid behind me with a green laser pointer. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was driving home one night, and these green flashes kept coming over the horizon behind me. And I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, what oh, is that? Yeah, right? Yeah. Late night and driving home at, like, 10. And then there's a car, like, way behind me. But I feel like every time he crested the hill. Yeah. And that he was, like, flashing one of those green laser pointers. Oh, Okay. But I never saw the laser beam coming from it, but that's when I'm going to do it because that's what my rational brain's telling me that's it was. That's fair. And that's, that's my story. So when we were, oh, I don't know, it had been early after my move back to Ontario when I was still, oh, I was like grade school, right? So common friend of ours, Scott, Jeff Welsh, we lived across the street from each other. And so Jeff and I would used to toboggan. There's a hill beside, used to be a hill beside Jeff's house. The hill's still there, but they they built a house and right. so it became unusable. But for years that and years. That was a good toboggan. Yeah, in. that sucker was awesome. <laughs> More injuries on that hill than I care to admit, but uh, oh, this is so much fun. But I can remember, you know, we would go in the middle, not the middle of the night, but I mean, we were, we were well, like you'd go late. kids. Sure, we'd go after dark. Yeah. 
you know, you kind of take your chance, <laughs> your chances, but, uh, okay, time to pack it in and go home. And I can remember walking and it's just, it's not even a block. Like you can see from the top of the hill, you can see my parents' house. And I can remember walking home and, uh, turning back and looking at the hill, two solid lights, not blinking, not moving. One is as red as a red traffic light. And the other one is blue, like a blue Christmas bulb, just hanging in the sky, not moving. Would they have been the lights on the water tower? No. Because it's right behind the hill. I know that, you know, I drive by, uh, drive past the village now and I look at the, for lack of a better word, the fucking kibble that has evolved on that thing. Like, it's more than just a water tower now. Oh, yes. There's People are renting the space. Sure, there's communications stuff. Stuff that was never there when we yes. were kids. Was it even tall enough to have a like a blinking? Because even a cell phone tower, the tops of the cell phone towers are flashing red lights for air traffic. These were like very, very high in the sky, red and blue. Like I know like it would be easy to make the connection to the water tower, but in my heart of hearts, they were not. Did you hustle mm-hmm. home? Yeah, with my looking back over my shoulder, almost in a panic, because, I mean, at 10, 11, You're I'm, I'm fucking freaked out, man. Abducted and probed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess I'm the only one that's got one. Oh, well. Well, there was that one a few weeks ago that they claimed was the helicopter from Montreal. Which, what, where, what? Did I miss something? No, uh, Kim was talking about it, too. Um, shows you how much you listen to your wife. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Remember there was the not my story to tell. <laughs> I thought throwing you under the bus. <laughs> no, there Shit. was that uh, low rumble when you go. Oh look, yes, yes. And it looked like a solid white light in front of something else. Yeah, the helicopter one. So that yeah. was the uh, the Griffin and the Chinook that were traveling together. But Kim says UFOs, and a I, lot of I, people were. I'd question it. Well, the, so the the thing is like. I didn't see it. I read the news, re- the release, but there were operations being conducted in Quebec, and, and it's not impossible for them to have swung out from, not Bagotville, from Valcartier, which is just Quebec City. Both aircraft, with, a, with an appropriate refueling, could have made it here. And nobody, having not seen them, I don't know if the both aircraft are capable of having a sling load. Could they have been slinging something that was either reflective or lit? It's not impossible, True. but I did see it and it looked suspicious. Sure. But I'm not ready to call it a UFO. Yet. No. Okay. Well, that would be an interesting one to follow up on to see if there ever was. Cause I remember locally, uh, local news agency, the 411 lady, she tried to, uh, you can remove the word news from that. Well, I shouldn't be so, harsh. I don't want to disparage anybody, uh, needlessly, but I, I definitely would say that there are some issues with the quality of air quotes, journalism that comes out of that. But uh, she tried to do a story on it. She she printed a, a national defense media release hmm. that didn't really, you know, it didn't really say anything other than there were operations being conducted in Quebec. And so then that sparked this whole, like, conversation about how does a you know, military operation in Quebec affect Bob Cage and Ontario? I'm like, well, because they're aircraft and they could fly, dude. That's how. But anyway, just... You know, Michelle tells stories. She remembers uh, when she was young. Yeah, that uh, they would do training exercises, and the big helicopters would come across where her parents live. I fair- totally believe it. Fairly low. Yeah, 
And that was a household of three girls in bikinis in the pool. And yep. they would kind of hover there and kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, and she remembered like middle of the day and they'd be like looking up. And they, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even in my own experience, like, I mean, I was in Petawawa for eight years and we did stuff as far away. Of course, everything we did was by land, but we did stuff as far away as Bancroft. Do you know right. what I mean? Like that's two hours away. So it's well within the realm of possibility. And as a reservist, when I was a reservist in the 90s, well, I mean, you're, you're all over the place because you train kind of where you live. Not, not all training is done uh, on the confines of a national defense establishment. It's done out in the public. A lot of it is. So not beyond the realm of possibility. But like you say, Andy, still has that air of suspicion about it where, yeah, we can't be 100% sure. Yeah. It was very dark. I so anyway, I, my point is, I would look forward to some form of follow up on that if it ever comes to light. I'd like to know what the official answer to that is. Right on. Where are we now? We're at May. 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 Cool. Murder hornets. Oh, I thought you were just gonna stop at murder. Murder. No, murder, murder hornets spotted in the U.S. These suckers are bigger than two inches, and they're killing our natural honeybees. Damn them! So not only are pesticides killing our honeybees. These murder hornets come in and just chew a hive to death and then lay their larvae in it and take off. Do we know where they... They're They're an invasive species. Uh, I did not do enough of my research. Uh, They're coming... Are they South American? Yeah, they're they're making their way... um, They're not Brazilian bees, but there's something else that somebody brought over to try to... Right. So this isn't like... When they brought killer bees, what African bees, because that's the proper title, like African bees came from Africa and they thought, you know, African bees would be really good for the honey industry because African bees actually produce more honey, but they ended up killing off the regular honey bees. Yeah. No, these, so this is an invasive species that's making its way north due to climate change. Well, there you go. So, I mean, uh, that's, that's exactly what I was going for was like, Hey, uh, all you deniers out there, open your fucking eyes. Well, that's like all these things, right, that are progressing north and the things in the north that are progressing to the south, right? It's, uh, but yeah, apparently they're huge. And if you, uh, if you disturb a nest and you as a human being take several, um, stings, it's enough to actually cause uh, death. death. Yeah. So how many layers of tinfoil does my hat have to be to protect me from the murder hornet? Murder hornets and the UFOs? I don't know. (laughs) At least three. Three ply. Three ply tinfoil to protect you from the murder hornets. Shiny side out. Yeah. Apparently, officially, they're Asian giant hornets. Oh, so they are Asian. So they're imports. Oh, boy. Full on imports. Okay. But still, they're coming, like, I'd like to know what their range is over there because you can't tell me that they're like a uh, they got to have like a, a dormant time of the year. Right. And I mean, like Southern Canada, I mean, there was, um, wasn't there a Canadian recently, like in British Columbia? I think they found like dead ones. Like a carcass. Right. No live sightings in Canada. Right. But I mean, it didn't, the likelihood that it didn't, it was not brought here in its dead, like it flew here and then Probably from weather, like right. climate, when, climate. Oh my God, I'm in Canada. It's yeah, cold. It's fucking cold here. Oh. I, didn't, I did not bring my sweater. <laughs> uh, oh, murder hornets. All right, what do we got here? May. Here's one that we all, I remember uh, Aunt Becky. <laughs> Dear sweet Aunt Becky from uh, Full House. Turns out Aunt Becky tried to buy her kid's way into college and she got caught for it. 
So. Um, tried. She did. Yeah. Yeah. So May 22nd, Lori Laughlin and her husband, Massimo uh, Giannulli, pleaded guilty in their college admissions cheating scandal. The admission of guilt was part of a plea deal with the prosecutors. They both pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud, while Massimo also pled guilty to honest services wire and mail fraud. Uh, That was a major switch for the former Full House actress and her her designer husband, who back in 2019 had initially pled not guilty of paying a $500,000 bribe to get their daughters into the University of Southern California as crew team recruits despite neither girl participating in the sport. And my only question on that is, what the hell is crew team? I think it's like rowing. Oh, well, that would make sense. Crew, rowing crew, crew I team? think they had like photoshopped okay. photos of the girls in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's Fake so news. Bad. And I don't think either of them were really studious girls. Like so I don't bad. know if they really wanted to be there, <laughs> but mom and dad did. I guess so. I got two more for May, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to read them both because these are great. Do you want weird or weirder? Weirder. Weirder. Okay. This one slipped past me back in May, and I didn't realize that it was happening to the point where I had to corroborate this one to make sure that, is this still a thing? Because coronavirus has, like, wreaked havoc with everything entertainment, right? Production schedules are thrown to the wind, and... As we know, with the Hollywood release schedule, the, the, you know, the next foreseeable several months of movies are pretty much going to home stre- or streaming services. Back on May 5th, NASA, in conjunction with SpaceX, announced that they were working with Tom Cruise on the first film to be shot in space aboard the International Space Station. This film is presently untitled, but it is said to be a universal project directed by Doug Lyman, who did Edge of Tomorrow, and it carries a $200 million budget. So I, I'm like, that can't be real. That can't be real. It, but then, you know, you hear the word Tom Cruise and you go, well, wait, it's Tom Cruise. It could very well be oh, real. for right? sure, right? And uh, there's obviously a, a, a real interest in... Yes, yeah. the space station and space and returning to space and what better way to drive that machine than well, a film mm-hmm. and not a documentary film, but like Hollywood propaganda. Hollywood, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I bounced ahead and I kind of looked for some other headlines and and more recently there was something about the SpaceX their launch schedule. I guess you can find it, and they were talking or there was a tweet or some post about how. What is it the the vehicle the dragon dragon something dragon phoenix or whatever their their reusable thing boosters yeah they already have a manifest for the you know for space tourist flight to the ISS and the and Tom Cruise and the director are listed as passengers with an empty third seat to be announced probably a cameraman makes so. sense yeah so the last thing i read said that this thing is still on for 2021 that's cool. So, I mean, this could go amazingly good or horrifically bad. Um, I, I mean, anytime I think you put civilians in a non-civilian space, I mean, but I mean, in this day and age, is it really needed? Like, I feel like when you tell me somebody's in space in a movie, I can believe it because, look, they're floating around and the wire work is, is I good. I look at um, a great example of that was uh, the Sandra Bullock movie, uh, Gravity. Right completely immersive i totally bought into it that they were in space but as soon as you say tom cruise is going to space 
I mean, you automatically are like, Tom Cruise go there. He's going to tell everybody he's flying the fucking ship. Do you know what I mean? Like, but there's, there's a reason, like there's precedence for that. Like for Mission Impossible uh, 6, 6, the last one, oh. he learned to fly helicopters for it. He, he went out and became a pilot so he's, he yeah. could do all this stuff, right? But he's, he does his own stunts. Well, and, and this is it, right? Motorcycles so, and this and that. And yeah, How for sure. far... How far is Tom Cruise willing to go uh, for a movie in space? Like, what is he going to do, you know, for the next level of bragging rights? He's going to join Space Force and become a He's guardian. He's going to become a guardian. <laughs> He's going to be their honor. Guardian Tom Cruise. Yeah, honorary Colonel Cruise. <laughs> I can totally see it. So that was weirder. Now do you want weird? Of course. Okay, so there's a SpaceX connection. So. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. Yep. Back in May. Elon Musk and his girlfriend, who happens to be from Canada, who I've never heard of before this, by the way, Grimes? She's an artist. Is She's she? a singer. Yep. Apparently. They had a son. And the newborn quickly became a trending topic after the Tesla and SpaceX CEO announced the child's name. To the point where there was <laughs> some disagreement between the two of them actually how to say it. So he had gone on uh, the Joe Rogan experience. And uh, Joe Rogan, even like Joe Rogan, I listened to the clip today, completely laughed at him. Like as they were, as he was trying to like, you know, mumble through what this whole, the whole thing was. And he did, he spelled it all out. And, and, uh, for those of you who have not seen this child's name, like what's her name? Gwyneth Paltrow has nothing on this (laughs) naming her kid Apple. Like that is tame compared to this. It's, it's like X. And then there's like a, symbol thing it's like an a and an e stuck together with another a hyphen the number 12 so the actual pronunciation and this is from the mouth of the father this is not me making this up it's x ash a12 a12 being the precursor to the sr-71 blackbird so the prototype aircraft don't ask me where any of it where any uh the other things come from and then they actually I didn't put it in my notes, but it actually went a little bit further than that. It turns out they actually had to change the the uh, registration of the child's birth because in the state wherever the kid was born, they don't actually allow uh, certain characters. Symbols? Yeah, certain characters. So uh, the AE thing was uh, fine. They were allowed to keep that, but it was the uh, the 12. So they were not allowed to use the number 12 in the child's name. So it's still 12, but it's now like a uh, Roman numeral VII. <laughs> you know what? Poor kid. Because right? Roman numerals are cooler. Well, you know what? The whole, the ash thing ash. is, I'm sure in that kid's circles, it'll be ash. Ash. Oh, I guess so. No, he's running SpaceX. Maybe he's running a cloning program. Oh my this God. This is the prototype child. <laughs> Maybe. And it grows up to look just like Elon. Maybe. It's got a hot wife. Is she, though? Eh, she's attractive. Certainly none of the photos I saw would corroborate your story. No? No. Maybe, But again, my own personal taste, I have to tell you, my own confirmation bias tells me, uh-uh. I'd go back to the $200,000 Pamela thing for that, you know, like <laughs> versus Grimes. Because all I, you know, when I hear the word Grimes, you know what I think of? Dirty. I, I, yeah, grimy. Like, who? <laughs> I don't think she does herself any favors in how she dresses. It's like there's, she's... A, there's a Marilyn Manson quality to her makeup skills. Right. But you take the makeup off 
are there any photos with it off? I'll work on it. Okay, fair enough. Well, I have a dirty connection. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, from UPI.com, a Korean soccer team apologizes for sex dolls in the stands. <laughs> wow. Uh, so is this North Korea? South Korea? The Democratic side? I believe so. Uh, Seoul. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so May 18th, the professional soccer team in South Korea apologized after these quote unquote mannequins were used to fill the seats during yeah. a game, but they were later identified as sex dolls. You can't tell me someone didn't know that at the time they were going to get these things. Oh, the team said that there was a misunderstanding. Oh. With the supplier, but the uh, officials had assured them they were not for sexual use. <laughs> So of all of the uh, pro sports leagues uh, in, in all of their coronavirus kind of things that they've been doing, like uh, was it the NHL that did the uh, you can you can get your your face on a on an iPad or something on the seat yeah. and all of that sort of like yeah. so wrestling can, does a live. Yeah, stream. right. I right. They did cardboard cutouts for baseball. And how did we make the jump from like be there virtually to sex doll? Uh, I think it might have <laughs> been a promotional thing because apparently some people spotted banners on uh, some of the dummies that reference adult websites. Oh, boy. So product placement, maybe? So Scott has just flashed a, a photo of Grimes, uh, sans makeup, um, and while still not my cup of tea, that is a much improvement over anything I saw today. I think, too, she definitely has that uh, edgy look where when she is in makeup, I yeah. feel like she's got a lot on. I think you're right. And I mean, it doesn't, I'm not taken away from anything that this woman has done and any achievements that she has had, may have. Um, but strictly from my sensibilities as a cisgendered male. You're allowed to have that opinion. Not attractive to my, to my sensibilities. What you're uh, crawling into bed into tonight? Uh, my wife. Right. <laughs> that you find attractive. I do. I love her very yeah. much. And not just because I'm looking at another woman on a... On an iPad right now. That's all right. She's ugly, babe. She's ugly. Uh, so, but right, this this questions the thing of like people that used to put sex dolls in their car so they could go into, into the, the HOV lane. Yeah, right. Be like, uh, I'm with him or her. Yeah, really, really. It's all. What is it? Uh, it's like fucking. It's airplane. <laughs> the autopilot. But you know what? Good on them. You know what? The, eh, they tried something. I mean, the stadium was empty, right? Yep. Why would you not? That's fun. Butts in seats, man. That's fun. That's 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 humorous. Who's gonna notice? And like they said, they're not intended for sexual use. Did, were they naked or were they dressed? Oh no, they were clothed. So, I wonder, you know. Did... Absolutely. So other than this, yeah. <laughs> how would you ever know what it was? I mean, right? It's, it's... Uh, for all you people who uh, are listening. FYI, Scott's got a great cocksucker's cramp. <laughs> uh... He just showed me. I was showing you my donut hole. Uh... My donut wow. hole mouth. Yeah. It's, so wait a minute. The team the team purchased them or the stadium purchased them? The team purchased them. <laughs> I wonder what they did with them after. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say. 
SOTCast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready, SOTCast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? They probably still have them, right? Because, I mean, we're still dealing with everything. So, I mean, there's no there's no uh, a huge sporting events, you know, anywhere. Well, as long as everybody was wearing a mask when they used them. Yeah. <laughs> or they found a glory hole. I guess. Those are all approved. Uh... Approved, yes, yeah. they are. <laughs> glory holes. Health Canada, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Health Canada, glory holes. Never thought you'd hear those two terms together. Oh. All right, we just hit June. We're here. We're hitting the summertime. June 23rd, local news. Tornado swoops into Sturgeon Point, picks up Boathouse, and moves it up the hill. Hey, man, I thought I left the Boathouse down at the shore yesterday, yeah. and I woke up this morning. Yeah, it's up the hill. So, yeah, uh, a couple of different videos online of uh, definitely a funnel cloud uh, touching the lake, moving towards the shore, and thoroughly... Um, was it in Sturgeon Point? Because I thought, was it not Hickory Beach? Oh, now you got me. Maybe That's okay. Because I, I could be two different things. Because I know I know some people that live in Hickory Beach, and they were saying similar, like, oh, yeah. re- relocating of structures hmm. without, like, completely discombobulating the structure. Right. Like, pick it up. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was Who Hickory knows? Beach. I don't know. Anyway, that happened in June. Yes. So, on that note, do we need a remake of... <laughs> Twister? No. Twister no. Part 2. Apparently, uh, Gerard Butler's got a new disaster movie out, and apparently it's getting reviewed pretty well. And what's the disaster? Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. I just read this yesterday. I guess, ultimately, is the disaster movie still a viable format? Like, Twister, obviously, is sort of the, the granddaddy of them all. And then you have, like, the, you know, it almost seems like the studios for that period of time where they were, like, flavor of the week you would get like two disaster movies of the same flair so you got uh you got volcano on one hand and then you get dante's peak both kind of volcanic yes. movies and then you had your armageddon came out the same year that deep impact came out and they were like the asteroid collision extinction level event movies and then what did you have uh 2012 came out and then uh what's the one that was an ice age Oh, Day After Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow. And they had similar themes with this massive climate shift sort of overnight. It's weird how they decide that. And all of a sudden, the same year, two different studios put out. Uh, Maybe they sold the script to two different studios. Well, (laughs) just altered it enough. Let me just, I'm going to get you uh, the Jewel. You're Googling, what was yours? June, Andy? We're going to skip West. (laughs) My June is the cicada invasion that wasn't. And cicada are those crazy little bugs that just swarm that, and destroy. And they whistle. Uh, it's more of a hum. Yeah, I'd say a hum than a whistle. But right. uh, yeah, apparently they were supposed to come out every 17 years and they were predicted that this was supposed to be it, but uh, no go. No go. Failed uh, prediction. I feel like a lot of predictions get failed. Like, right? Cicadas, we hear them every year. They're the, the things that vibrate the wires. The bug that sits on the wires and you get that pinging sound off of it. Oh. Yeah. Is it the wires that make the noise or the bug? I think it's them. Right. Yeah. I think it's that's what it is. I could be wrong. But I, I do associate that noise with them. 
Well, it might be a different one because apparently these ones spend 17 years underground. Okay, so maybe before, it's not Before, uh, you know, waking up and going for an invasion. Maybe you're thinking of June bugs. Maybe. The Gerard Butler movie, by the way, is uh, called Greenland. And John Garrity, his estranged wife, and their young son embark on a perilous journey to find sanctuary as a planet-killing comet hurdles toward Earth. Amid terrifying accounts of cities getting leveled, the Garrity's experience uh, the best and worst in humanity as the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero. Their incredible trek culminates in a desperate and last-minute flight to a possible safe haven. came out in August of this year. But apparently it's, uh, it's been reviewed per- fairly well. It's got a 6.3 on uh, IMDb and has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So, it wasn't directed by Roland Emmerich, was it? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's kind of his forte. But it does have, I mean, so apparently the disaster movie is still kind of viable. Especially when you got the rock in it. San Andreas. Yeah, that's right. He's just going to punch a fault line and save the world. That's right. <laughs> uh, Oh, we're we're still in June, aren't we? We are in June. Oh, I've got a couple for June. What have I got here? Oh boy, more uh, Me Too stuff. Uh, June seventeenth, Danny Masterson from that '70s show and later The Ranch was charged with forcibly raping three women between uh, 2001 and 2003. According to the LA Times, the former That 70s Show actor was accused of raping a 23-year-old woman between January and December 2001. The district attorney also charged him with raping a 28-year-old woman in April of 2003 and a 23-year-old woman between October and December of the same year. The alleged crimes occurred in Danny's Hollywood Hills home. An arraignment was scheduled for September and then delayed until November, and now it's delayed till God knows, and the case is ongoing. But hey, me too. Unsubstantiated claims, but, uh, you know, everybody got on board, and that guy's got no career now, you know. Everybody separated themselves from him. He was good in the ranch. He was good in the ranch. And I actually, did you watch the ranch, uh, Andy? I have not. No. Okay. So not going to spoil it for you, but you have to think on some level, the way that that show was written, you watched it right to the end, right, Scott? Yes. Did you not think that by the end of the ranch that they had still left a door wide open for him, even up to and including the last season to come back? hundred percent. They totally did. So I think, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher, former castmate, also a producer on the show, I think probably had something to do with that, that, you know, somebody on the show still believed in him enough that if he could get his shit squared away, that he could have come back. And it would have been one of those like, oh, back from the dead. Yeah, it would have been of, like yeah, JR's dreaming. Faked his own death kind of thing, right? Which I, on some level, was kind of hoping for. But hey, Dak Shepard, good, I, yeah, liked, I liked good him. Replacement. Good replacement. Yeah, good replacement. Yep. The other news I pulled out from June uh, in the country music world, we had two uh, significant name changes. Lady Antebellum dropped the Antebellum because of its uh, pre-Civil War slavery connotations and just became Lady A, a choice that would uh, haunt them a little bit later on because they got litigated by another, uh, by a singles performer who also uh, goes by Lady A. And then the Dixie Chicks, they dropped the Dixie part to become just the chicks. I mean, and you, I've said this before, right? It's, it's, it's history and condensation. But I mean, right, we've seen it again this year with a lot of sports teams dropping, you know, there's no more Chiefs. Yeah, there's Indians. No more, yeah, there's the Braves. Yeah. The Braves, the um, Indians. Right. And, the, and Canucks, even the Canucks who dropped their logo. I did not know that. The Indian head logo. The Canucks. Yeah, years ago. I was thinking like, 
When I think Canucks, I think of... Uh, the hockey team. Yeah. Did they not have an Indian head at one time? No. I don't know. Tells you how big of a sports fan. Well, I thought true. that was the Atlanta Braves or maybe the... The Braves uh, had... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that was Chief... Uh, they had a name for him, too. Oh, like for uh, sure. Chief uh, Wahoo, I think it was. Wahoo. But yeah, it, you know what? And it's it's good. It's moving forward, as we said, right? It's yeah. It's a very woke time. I think the other one was the Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins is another one. Yep. Locally, Halliburton, the high school in Halliburton, yeah, they, no, they dropped it. They were no, Redskins forever. They were Redmen. Uh, sorry, yes, Redmen, and now they are uh, Red Hawks. Correct. Red Tails? I think, maybe. Red Tail Hawks? Red ho- Hawks, anyway. Yeah. So, right, good. It's good. It's moving forward. As I say, maybe it shows my age. I am all... This is my own opinion. This is not the official position of the show by any means. I am all for woke culture, for being aware and for for promoting healthy dialogues. I am dead set against erasing history. That's my... We saw we saw it here in Canada with the uh, the renaming of anything, all the disassociation with Johnny McDonald. And sure, guy was a bastard every much, uh, you know, as the the Confederates in in the United States, you know, for for wanting to own slaves. And and I I I get it. Owning slaves was horrible. At the same time, if you're going to topple these monuments and you're going to you know dismantle them, you cannot. You can't destroy everything because that is effectively if you forget rewriting the past, you're, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. So we need to make sure that we're holding on to this stuff and we're actually putting it in a place where it's going to get it's going to get seen and people are going to get it in the proper context as a as a learning what not to do. Um, otherwise, yeah, we like you say we do. We run the risk of repeating it. Nobody wants that. We want to move forward, not backwards, people. Anything yeah. more in June? No, that's my June. Okay, moving forward, July. Uh, long weekend debauchery begins on the third annual R. Scott Bender. Uh, enjoyed the company? <laughs> Missed Midnight Madness. So uh, this was a, a socially, responsibly, res- uh, six feet apart, all socially time. distanced gathering yep. of uh, like-minded bubble people uh, that happens at Wes's. And uh, yeah, good times were had. Some yeah, beverages our, were uh, drank. Our civic long weekend uh, garden party, as I've taken to calling it. It's become a, a tradition at our place, and uh, we love to do it. COVID kind of put a damper on it this year, killed our uh, our go walkabout that we uh, would have normally done. But uh, it was still it was still a good time. Lots of outdoor uh, activities and uh, backyard games and swimming and barbecues and... God, I can't wait to get back to it in a regular right? sense. Yeah. yeah, it takes so much away when you, uh, as you say, you have to think about everything yeah. before you do it. Yeah. Oh, boy. So what do we got here? I've got, oh, I got some, I got a couple of deaths. We lost Kelly Preston in uh, in July. That's uh, John Travolta's wife of 28 years. She had a two-year battle with breast cancer, but like, kept it completely secret so like it literally went from like oh you know we haven't heard from them to she's dead and then we also lost uh regis philbin the same month 
Regis died of natural causes just shy of his 89th birthday. He had a 60-year career in television, memorably including long runs hosting live uh, with Regis and Kathy Lee. And who wants to be a millionaire? And I got to say, I think some of my favorite Regis Philbin moments were the, the times when he would, I mean, clearly he had a great relationship with David Letterman and several, several, several times over the course of Dave's shows, Regis would just would like bomb the episode and just show up. Clearly it was all planned, but the studio audience and the the home audience had no idea. And so he would run up and down the aisles, like dressed as like the Easter bunny throwing out candy, like just bizarre stuff. Right. But total showman. Right. And that brings me to the weirdest one of the month. And, uh, if you were unaware of this, like you, you wouldn't, well, maybe you would believe it. I mean, that this kind of falls in the, yeah, how crazy are they? But uh, July 4th, Kanye West announced that he was running for the president of the United States. Following the announcement, Kanye spoke to Forbes about his platform, and it was quite the wide-ranging interview. He said that he no longer supported President Donald Trump because he caught that Trump hid in the bunker during a Black Lives Matter protest. Kanye, who's running on the birthday party, yes, it's a real thing, admitted, admittedly did not have a foreign policy or a tax plan. Speculation soon emerged that the rapper designer was having a bipolar episode, which in fact he truly is, uh, which wife Kim Kardashian West later seemed to confirm in a post on her Instagram. While many wondered if the whole thing was a publicity stunt, Kanye proved them all wrong, officially filing paperwork with the Federal Elections Commission, stating his intention to run for president, and he got his name on the ballot in Oklahoma, despite missing the deadline in several other states. On July 19th, he held a rally in South Carolina that was widely viewed as a disaster as he criticized abolitionist Harriet Tubman and revealed that he and Kim initially wanted to abort their eldest child. At one point, he'd even said that Kim might want to divorce him afterwards, something that he later tweeted that he'd been trying to do for months. Kanye didn't get enough signatures to qualify for the ballot in the state, and national polls showed that he would only get 2% of the vote in a general election anyway. And then during the following week, Kanye went on a tweet and delete run criticizing mother-in-law Chris Jenner, claiming Kim tried to get him involuntarily committed to a mental hospital and more. He later publicly apologized to his wife on July 25th, and that same weekend briefly visited a hospital near his home in Wyoming. Oh, Kanye. It just shows you when you have money. And you have mental health issues. Well, right. And he has people behind them that are willing to have his money spent. And, sure. you know, you just lose control. Uh, both of the Wests appeared, the Dave Letterman connection here, strangely enough, both of them have appeared on uh, Letterman's new show, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And they've both alluded to there being health issues and that, uh, you know, on the Kanye episode, particularly he talked about how, you know, finding, uh, finding God and, and his church, his, um, the gospel choir that he leads in, in church every Sunday and that he is being well taken care of now. And Kim, who apparently has this huge, it's not philanthropic sort of interest, but she has a, a, a big interest in like amnesty. Yes. Um, for like criminals who wrongfully are, yeah, accused, wrongfully accused so. or, People that have been yeah. over, um, you know, simple drug charges and got... That's right. Simple and, possession charges yeah, for a, got, a life sentence. Yes. Yeah. Like stupid stuff. So she's and, 
she's been working very diligently with the administration to help, to help try and overturn some of those. So good for them that they got their poop in a scoop, as it were. But yeah, that has to, that's up there with the Tom Cruise headline. Like, does it get any weirder? Anyway, that's my... Uh, you know what? I didn't mind it because it changed the... Uh... Change the view. The face of the election? Yeah. <laughs> For, what, a hot second. Yeah, but, right, yeah. it was something different. And be like, well, could he do worse than Trump? Oh. Does anybody want to imagine an America run by Kanye West? Now, here's the problem, right? And I'm a firm believer in, you know, you surround yourself with the right people and you listen to them. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. You can still have a good... A good run? A good run. It's when you don't listen to your experts... And create your own policy or don't follow your policy and do things on the fly that that things go bad. Thank God that there are checks and balances in place to prevent an individual from doing those things. Could you imagine? How many times do you think uh, Trump asked for the briefcase with the the nuclear cut? Yeah, give Give me me the the football. Yeah. I guarantee you, you know, once he's out of the White House, and 10 years go by, somebody's yeah. going to write a book, and there's going to be, yeah, he asked six times. There's going to be a lot of people make a lot of money writing books on I with his name in it. I guarantee you yeah, he's at least I, I, half a dozen times that he's asked I for I mean, that. here's another one. This is another December news item that I didn't pick up on, but uh, just the notion that the possibility of declaring martial law over this election was considered in the last few days. You know, that it's come to light that, you know, he had actually asked his people, like, can I declare martial law and invalidate the election and have it redone with the military supervision? No, you can't do that. So, yeah. Checks and balances to uh, prevent any one person from doing, like, the craziest of crazy shit. Well, he's not out yet. Well, that's true. That is true. All right. So maybe, uh, uh, Andy, is your July as crazy as mine was? (laughs) I don't think so. It's it's a little crazy, but it's not that crazy. Some people received unexpected packages from China. Okay. Yours is way more crazy. (laughs) Containing seeds. I remember this. And people were informed, do not plant them. Yeah. But report them. Were they actually, so these were seeds, were they shipped to Canada? This is in Canada, right? Uh, no, it's in the States. In the States. Uh, Washington, Virginia, Utah, Kansas, Louisiana, Arizona, and Texas. So were any were the seeds identified, the, the species? So, some of them are. Yeah. They were initially showing up in tiny bags marked jewelry. Interesting. But, uh, Invasive yeah. species is a big deal, right? I mean, uh, you know, not to go back to murder hornets, but, like, there's a prime example. And now you're talking invasive, like, plant species. What are... What are we potentially talking about and, and what is it going to do to, you know, crops or or like just native plants in general? Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Well, that was July, wasn't it? Yeah, July. On to August. Weston Scott guest spot on Dolls Tales and the itch begins in earnest. Can we put a podcast together ourselves? Spoiler alert, <laughs> we can. <laughs> So, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, At we, least the two people listening know that anyway. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> go to uh, Peterborough and sit down with a friend of mine and uh, kind of chit-chat um, with them. And I think we felt like the old dogs that day. Because we were. We were the old dogs talking. <laughs> they're, they've got a, they're trying to plan a trip to Cuba, and we're telling them all these things that seasoned pros like us would do or not right. do. And uh, 
Boy, they were hanging on like bated breath. Like they were really into the the advice that we were giving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it really did. And that was sort of, we got into the car on the ride home and you kind of, right? We've said this story before. But I know, yeah. You're like, we could do this. I'm like, 100%. We had both. I had guessed it on a show, like a few episodes of a show, like the year prior, like in 2019. And uh, I found the whole thing to be fascinating then. And, and I wasn't even like, the host, I was just guest, but I was so like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'll do it. What, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's really excited about it. And then that kind of dried up. Right. And then I didn't really think about it again until, you know, over beverages, I think over several months. And we had even the girls, like, as we we're sitting around shooting the shit and they were like, you know, you guys can be kind of funny. Like you guys say funny things. Why don't you guys do your own podcast? And we're like, I don't know. Do you, why don't we, I don't know. And then like you say, uh, the call came. <laughs> yeah. And then once you sit down and you see what, you know, somebody can kind of piece together and, you know, you're like, okay, well, that's not monetarily. Yeah. Out, it wasn't prohibitive. Of, yeah. No. Like, and right. And thank goodness you uh, have a connection with Andy and he has an ear for uh, editing and an eye for the artistic. And yeah. it's, it's been a very good uh, collaboration. It has been. It's funny because in my August notes, I, I said uh, Sawcast Productions was born. And, uh, you know, for those of you who've been following us all along, you guys already understand what we are. Sawcast is our, uh, is our parent organization that uh, produces all of our shows. And uh, we're uh, actively looking for uh, uh, additional shows to, uh, to produce. So if you've got a podcast idea and you think that uh, you'd be good behind the microphone, Again, you can get a hold of us through any of our social media channels, either through Facebook at, uh, you get a couple of ways to reach us there. You can go directly to our uh, production house, uh, Sawcast Productions. You can get us through uh, this show, Hanging at the Barbershop, our sister show, Fandom Power, or you can email us at any of the associated uh, email addresses and they will all go to the same uh, to the same inbox. We'd love to hear from you and uh, get you on the mic and see what you got. So yeah, August, some interesting news in August for me. Canadian connection here, um, Ryan Reynolds uh, bought into the, uh, what is it here, Aviation Gin. And it's funny too, because the thing, where is it? Did I get the number? There's this like stupidly crazy number of, of what the company is worth and what now he is, what he's managing. Yes, he, well, right, he bought it. Here it is. It was a, the deal was worth $610 million with a $335 million uh, payment up front. Uh, despite the sale, Ryan will still uh, have an ongoing uh, ownership interest in the gin. And as news of the deal went public, Ryan had said in a statement, quote, a little over two years ago, I became an owner of aviation gin because I loved the taste of aviation more than any other spirit. What I didn't expect was the sheer creative joy learning a new industry that learning a new industry would bring. Growing the brand with my company, maximum effort marketing has been among the most fulfilling projects I've ever been involved with. I want to thank Diageo. For their incredible team and passion, we're so excited for the next chapter of Aviation Gin, which I promise will require just as little reading. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Ryan Reynolds is not the first person to uh, diversify that way. I, I think of uh, Sammy Hagar of uh, of uh, Van Halen fame, who wisely invested in uh, in his uh, Cabo Wabo tequila and then sold it for like made him yep. he made more money in the tequila business than he ever made as a musician let's put it that way right? well that's right right and i mean they have to do something with their money and invest it and but i mean like currently i, I know you're not a fan but post malone is making a rosé 
uh, wine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, and right, uh, everybody. I mean, right. You, it doesn't take much to, you know, I've got money and I'd sure like to invest in this vineyard or these. You know, whatever. Yeah. And you know what? They've got the interest and, well, right, um, McGregor's got proper 12 whiskey. As in Conor uh, Conor Conor McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not just a mouthpiece. No. (laughs) He's a mouthpiece who can back it up. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see the trailer for the Croods? The new Croods? Yeah. I've, so I haven't sat down to like watch it, watch it, but I mean, it's come up, it's come up like in my feed a few times and I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop and take a look at that, but I haven't yet. Well, there's a specific one that has Ryan Reynolds sitting down to tell you about it and he's saying, oh, you know, no. they drink juice and you know what goes great with juice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's awesome. for adults. Oh, wow. Good. Good. Right? I, I like stuff like that. That's pretty cool. What else we got going on? Oh, franchise Viagra himself, Mr. Dwayne Johnson, confirmed that he and some business partners, which included his ex-wife and manager, Danny Garcia, purchased the XFL for like virtually nothing. They bought it for $15 million. The Professional Football League debuted in 2001 and folded only after a single season. Earlier this year in 2020, the league was resurrected, but after just five weeks of games... The COVID pandemic hit, which proved to be the league's death sentence. In April, the league filed for bankruptcy. Dwayne says that he plans to bring the league back. Anybody watch the XFL? Anybody a fan? I remember it. Indoor football, uh, McMahon, Vince McMahon, WWE kind of. Yeah, and I mean, right, every team was sort of a a hero or a heel, right? Yeah. Almost. Almost some of the... uh, the theatrics of uh, of WWE at the time uh, brought into uh, football, which is kind of weird because I don't think it translates very well. You know, like where you have entire teams of people. Like, oh, Vince thought he could do it. I guess so. And then, you know, what? Does that turn into the running man? And like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just how absurd does it have to be? But then again, with Dwayne Johnson at the at the helm, and I mean, he tells his story about having, the, what, 20 bucks in his pocket? Uh, you know, in Calgary trying out for the Stampeders and then getting cut from the Stampeders and it being the best thing that ever happened to him, right? So full circle moment for him coming back to football in a major, major way. Yeah, maybe it's just the natural extension from doing ballers. I don't know. But we shall see later if the league does, get, in fact, get up on its, uh, on its feet again. But if anybody's going to do it, franchise Viagra. He's your man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What else? What else? Oh, last one here. Simon Cowell, poor soul, broke his back. Broke his back at his home riding an electric bike. Uh, How embarrassed would you be? Well, so I I get where I would certainly be embarrassed because that would be one of those things where, like, you fall off your bike as a kid, right? What's the first thing you do? You know, you jump back up. I'm okay. I'm okay. No matter. I mean, you could, like, broken leg, right? Well, I'm okay. It's just a little thing. And then as adrenaline wears off and then shit starts to set in, but, like, Apparently this was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that wasn't happening, but he did, he did say from the hospital, something to the effect of, uh, he tweeted good advice. If you buy an electric trail bike, read the manual before you ride it for the first time. So I guess he's currently, uh, considering suing the company for somewhere in the rain. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Somewhere, for his, for his stupidity. Somewhere to the tune of like 10 million British pounds. So and then the, I don't know enough about the bike to really to say, but I looked it up today and it looks like, can we say trail bike? It does. It looks like a mountain bike, but it's, uh, 
it's an electric assist bike. For sure. And so because it's an electric assist bike, it doesn't have an independent throttle. It's directly connected to the pedal propulsion, right? But there was something, I can't remember what the kilowatt, the output is, but like they said, this thing is way, way too powerful. Like it, because of the amount of power that it produces, it would not be legal to ride on the road in the UK where it's made. Right. So I guess what happened was he started to pedal and that immediately engaged the electric motor and it bombed a wheelie on him and boom, down he went and uh, broke his back. Yeah. Poor Simon. Mm. Guy softened over the years, you think? For sure. And I don't mean because he, you know, had an injury, not that kind of soft. I just mean his, his television persona, persona seems to have toned down, I guess, in the last few years. Too many competitive, angry people. I guess so. Maybe too many death threats. I don't know. He's another one having kids late in life. Maybe that's what's done it for him. Maybe. Yeah. So that's uh, that's August. What do you got, Andy? I got one from the National Weather Service. Hey, uh, the people who like to drop iguanas out of trees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they issued a warning for a fire-induced tornado or a fire-nado. <laughs> fire-nado. <laughs> Some California residents were uh, put in danger of a fire-nado. I don't mean to laugh at that. The California wildfires are a horrible, horrible event. And our good friend Tom and his wife Kim out of British Columbia, they they go through similar experiences virtually every year because it's not just limited to Southern California. But, uh, yeah, you can't help but, you know, fire NATO and envision what this thing looks like. Yeah. They had a picture of it online. I can only imagine. Pretty scary looking. Was there a burnt cow flying around in it? Maybe. (laughs) Oh, Twister, I still love you. Apparently, it's once-in-a-lifetime weather conditions made it happen. Till next year. this really is, yeah. (laughs) This really is, like, the year of years, right? Like, for all this weird stuff that's happening. Can't really connect that one to coronavirus, though, can you? (laughs) No, not so much. Good. Can we blame that one on the aliens? Maybe. All right. October. No. No, September. Correct. I wanted to get to my birthday, damn it. There you go. September 8th. September. Kardashians announce keeping up with the Kardashians will film their final season. Uh, hate to tell you, but I've never watched a single episode. No, I don't hate to tell you. Pleased to tell you, never seen a single episode. I would say I've seen commercials, sure, but never have I sat down and watched any. I mean, right? We're we're in the wrong, right? You know you are, because that family, yeah. those, those women, are. Media moguls. I guess so. They're worth more than, you know, I just average. Can't, I can't comprehend. It's so that for me, it fits that we've had this a similar conversation before about living in a age where YouTuber is a profession, is a, is it's a, a professional, viable career it's a option. viable career option. That's exactly the wording I'm looking for. So it, it fits in that same space where I look at the, the kids right? The Kardashians as being famous for the sake of being famous. They're famous because their dad was OJ's lawyer. Do you know what I mean? Like, how did we get here? (laughs) He's also the greatest Olympian. Oh yeah. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Jenner. I guess that's not their dad though. The Kardashians father was OJ's lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what did Kim say on the Letterman thing? It was uncle OJ for a lot for Uh, years. That is correct. Right. So I thought Johnny Cochran was his lawyer. Co-counsel. Oh, okay. Co-counsel. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Or did the Kardashian prosecute? 
Damn it, I'm so far removed from the yeah. case, I don't remember. I think it was Mark Harmon. Oh, wasn't Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon is in, like, summer school Mark Harmon? Maybe. <laughs> Different Mark Harmon. Now we got to look it up. That's okay. September, what else have we got? I got, uh, I got a couple. Do you got any more? No. No, I got one. Sawcast Productions recorded their first episodes of Hanging at the Barbershop and Fandom Power. No way. Yeah, way, bro. And uh, what a great month, too, because we were so keen and and wanting to you know get at it what would we do we put uh three four yeah in the bank four, uh yeah, real quick f- yeah put them in there so like this, okay the zero episode yeah uh chatting with harmony chatting with day yeah um uh, yeah some some quality uh episodes uh recorded and kind of smashed it out there yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed the whole, pro- I still am too, enjoying this whole uh, podcasting process and, and learning more as I, I do more and, you know, working on my mic technique and, and writing my show notes and making sure that, you know, things are, you know, roll on the way that they, you know, I feel like they should be. Right. right. I feel the more I do it, the more, uh, the more professional it is. And, and again, we're just lucky that we have a, a, a good team and we all mesh together in such a way that's allowed us to put it what I feel is a, a pretty good quality product. And I said this pre-show before you, you got here, Andy and I were waiting and I said, you know, I said, I, I listen to all of our shows start to finish and not in some like weird, like, you know, listen to me, ha ha ha. But like one, I'm critiquing myself internally. Like what, what could I have done better? What could I have changed? And secondly, I'm like, would I want to listen to this if I was just nobody? Well, guess what? I still laugh at us. Well, this is it, too, Every week right? I have a yeah. little chuckle, one, right? I'm like, oh, fuck, we're funny. I, and that's exactly where I am. I'm like, even on the episodes that I think during recording aren't as good as I think they could have been, the finished product comes out, and I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty good. Yeah, I've been very happy. And I, I would tell you, I think I've listened to everyone at least once. Yep, me too. Some of them twice. Yeah. I think I've listened to all of the Fandalorians over on yep. Fandom Power and uh, been pretty good. I've uh, I enjoyed that. and That's been a bag drive, but I, I've loved doing every second of that. You put so much effort into that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the length of the episodes... I mean, we're consistently hitting two hours with that show. Well, Michelle asked me the other day, we were listening to it in the car. We were somewhere waiting. And she's like, did they pick apart every, uh, every like, detail, every detail or every plot point? And I'm like, yeah, yep, that's what they're doing. And that's then the they give a little synopsis at the end. Yeah. She's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually thrown a cautionary out, you know, on some of our social media to say, listen, we are a long form talk about everything kind of show i said so if you're not you know if you're of the i you know i don't want to say it in a in a negative way but if you're of the generation that has the attention span of a gnat if you're you know if you're the tiktoker vine consume your your entertainment you know in seconds or minutes as opposed to hours our show's not for you no and i think that's the problem some people have really found you know they need a 30 minute or 45 minute and that's not, and even these podcasts, yep. I've had a few people be like, oh, they're a little long. And I'm like, well, how are you trying to listen to them? Right. You need to be going somewhere. You yep. need to put it on and yep. just, li- but to me, I don't think by any means, and I'm a, I'm a small digester, 
man, it's easy to walk away from and come back. And then come to. back and pick to it me, up I feel like yeah. I've never missed a point. And usually, most of the uh, the players will push you back thirty seconds. I've said it before on the show, and I, and I'll say it here for for people who may be considering checking us out. If you're where uh, the Mandalorian is concerned, like if you're following the show in any way, shape, or form outside of just watching it, like if you're if you subscribe to some of the other media outlets like Screen Rant or Cinema Blend or any of those other similar entertainment outlets, what those outlets are doling out over the course of a week in terms of like their their deep dives, we do it all in one shot. So I mean, if you want to get it all, and really week over week, and Andy, you can you can attest to this because we follow those articles as they come out. It's like we got that, we got that. Oh, we got that too. We have not missed a plot we, point. We beat them at some. Uh, yeah, and too. yeah, I think we've we've legitimately scooped them on a couple of points. So, you know, again, not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to toot our horn because it's yeah. pretty damn good. It's good. Yeah. Did you get a thing on the lawyer? I did. Marsha Clark was okay. the lead prosecution. Lead prosecutor. So how Furman was the detective. Furman. Okay. Okay. So the Kardashians' father was the defense attorney. Uh, he was one of them. I'm, He's one of them. Okay. Yeah, there was a whole team. Okay. Well, also in September, uh, <laughs> actor John Boyega wasn't exactly happy uh, uh, in his happy place while working in Star Wars. Uh, back in 2015, he'd catapulted to fame after playing Finn, the first ever black stormtrooper uh, in the franchise's history. He started two sequels as well. But in a chat with the British GQ published on September 2nd, the actor ripped Disney for dismissing his role over time. John felt that he was marketed and championed for his groundbreaking character, but was ultimately pushed to the side of Disney. He added, quote, what they want you to say is, I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. No, no, no. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows. I'm not exposing anything. I got to say, I agree with him. He was so built up. And I say this as a Star Wars fan too, right? Like he was so built up as being this, like he's going to be one of the major players going forward. And he really wasn't. By the time the whole thing, you know, kind of petered out, he was just kind of this like, oh yeah, I'm there. Side note. Yeah. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I no, thought he, he wanted to put a side note in there. I'm like, he I'm was waiting the, for it. He was the side yeah, note. Yeah. He was almost like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're You're absolutely right. Hopefully that he did not shoot himself in the foot because the other side of that is you've just become part of the biggest science fiction franchise in history and one of the biggest entertainment franchises in history. Do you bite the hand that feeds? It was still good for his career. I hope so. Would he ever got Pacific Rim without that? Probably not. (laughs) Here's a better question. Should he have taken it? We just watched the original Pacific Rim last night and it's to me it's still better than the sequel. For sure. Yeah. Attack the Block, however. Uh, arguably his breakout role. Independent film, fantastic. You should definitely go and check that one out. Andy, we're in September. What do you got for September? I've got one here. Chuck E. Cheese asks to purchase and destroy 7 billion prize tickets. Billion with a B. That would have got you something off the first shelf? You could have got whatever you needed off that shelf. And I think that was the problem. When they filed for bankruptcy, they had already ordered these prize tickets. And they were in the process of moving to a, you know, card format where you oh, would just right, get it all right. on a little digital gaming card, I guess. Sure. 
and just like a just like a slot machine where you plug uh, in the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they had filed bankruptcy, they wanted to spend some of that money to purchase, like, make sure these tickets got out of circulation before they could be brought back in for redemption. Interesting. Kind of like the Tim Hortons cups coming in during uh, uh, not making it to the stores before roll up the rim and then all the rims getting ripped up and prizes getting claimed without having been uh, purchased. Probably pretty To put similar. a Canadian spin on it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody been to a Chuck E. Cheese? I have. I have. have. Did you go to Chuck E. Cheese when it was still animatronic? Yes. Yes. Were they as creepy as I remember? Yes. Yeah, they definitely were. I don't know. I still liked it. Did you? I did. Uh, it was weird. My most memorable experience at Chuck E. Cheese, besides the shitty pizza, was the arcade. I think it's the first time I can say that, that I can remember in my life going to a video arcade that was a definite purpose built video arcade. And, uh, that's where I played the, uh, the sit down vector graphic star Wars game for the first time. Was that a Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Yeah. Mechanical yeah. rat pizza and child casino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just, that's like, is that a song title? Cause it's that's what it off, sounds like. <laughs> it's off fresh off the boat. Oh, okay. Okay. I think we're going to have to tune into that. We're you definitely going to have to you watch really this. Should. all the zingers. The Chuck E. Cheese and Whitby at one point still had one Chucky. Yeah. An animatronic one. An animatronic oh, one. Oh my God. Man, I'll tell you this. Once you're on their mailing list, you never get off their mailing list. So if you basically registered your child's birthday, yep. they would send you an email when it was close to their birthday, and you could redeem that email for extra tokens. Extra tokens. So me being a cheap dad, I took full advantage of you had to. every possible way I could get five extra tokens. Squeeze it out of yeah. the Yeah. Go on their website, download the chore calendars, they get you 10 extra. Yeah. And oh, wow. literally, I still get emails that, you know, Brandon's 22. And they're like, Brandon's birthday's coming up. Are you coming to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> so wait, so there was a bankruptcy. Is the company now like defunct or is it like I the- I think it might be an American thing. So like the Toys R Us restructuring yeah. where the American assets were sold off and the Canadian division stayed. Yeah. Interesting. I think. I Now again, I can't tell you that I actually, because we've just had some birthdays- um, Maybe I'm not, but I felt like for years I got Chuck E. Cheese emails. But no who knows way. after COVID, right? Yeah. I almost, out of a sense of pure nostalgia, just suddenly have this like desire to want to visit one. You know what I mean? Like By yourself? I'd go with you guys. I got oh. kids. I was going to say, better take the granddaughters. <laughs> I don't want to be that creepy guy going by myself. Kids. And I okay, wanna, so you know what? In, yeah, in that sense, yeah. I guess so. Don't want to rain on your parade, but the pizza is awesome now. Is it? It is. Okay, it's so good. good. I think of like when I'm going out for pizza, like, and I mean, I'm not a pizza connoisseur by any means, but like I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Kim loves pizza pizza. Sorry, not pizza pizza. Pizza hot. And I'm like, it's okay. Like it's perfectly serviceable. But like when we go to Boston pizza, I almost don't order the pizza because it's expensive and it's good. I really, really like Boston pizza pizza. You see, I would tell you that's the one thing I hardly ever order from them because I don't enjoy it. Really? And it's like, man, why do we come to Boston pizza? We never order the pizza. Yeah. Well, pizza burger. It's back. I saw that. You know what's funny about that? We eat at Boston pizza a fair amount because there's a few menu items that 
kind of fit our weird kind of dietary things that we're doing. But <laughs> I ordered the pizza burger not too long ago. And even Michelle said, oh, did you get the pizza burger? I'm like, I did. She's like, it's good, eh? It's back. I'm like, what do you mean it's back? Where did it I go? Didn't even, I didn't even know that it had left. <laughs> <sighs> Tells you how often I order the pizza burger, right? right. But it was good, though. I, if anything, I thought it was smaller. Hmm. Smaller than it had been in its initial. Uh, oh, oh! Up. If it goes away and comes back, for sure it's, it's smaller. smaller. Where's fucking McRib? It's out. Is it? It's advertised on TV right Is now. It, oh, I don't so know it's if back it's like right states now. only, but oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Pre uh, pre like right. The bones are there, but they're meat. Yeah, they call it. Uh, it's pre fabric rib, yeah. riblets. Ugh. Riblets. <laughs> How about, so while we're talking about mythical foods here, mm-hmm. did you guys try the double down? Yes. Did you like it? It was salty. I loved it. It was so good. This is the thing too. I went to, um, I went to the, the KFC that was closest to where I lived at the time and I walked in there was, people were talking about this thing so much, oh, so much sodium, so much sodium. And I, I walked into the restaurant I'm like, and they were talking, people in the line were talking about it. So I just walked up and I said to the guy, uh, the, the guy behind the counter, I said, I've come to try your mythical sandwich. <laughs> and he just laughed, right? And he's like, I need a double down. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing was, you know, you know how most, re- all the restaurants now, um, well, maybe not all of them, but fa- a lot of fast food restaurants would put the uh, nutritional information on the back of the placemat. Yeah. He grabs the paper placemat and he flips it over. And he's like, listen, he's like, I don't know what people are going on about. And he scrolls down to whatever... There's another sandwich on their menu, right. which is a regular menu item that's had been on the menu for a decade. Years, higher sodium content. Chicken sandwich had a higher sodium content than the double down. He's like, I don't know what people are talking about, but because it has no, because the chicken is the bun, right? That was this big like, oh, oh my god, right? Yeah, good. I found I did. I truly I did. I wouldn't say it tasted more. And this is the thing. Those are the ones you have to worry about that have high sodium and you can't taste it. Right. Right. Because then it's hidden. Yeah. It's like, or the sugar or the whatever, right? Right. Because that's what gives you that dopamine rush that makes you go, <sighs> oh. But right, I found it salty. Oh. But I mean, but I, I love stuff like that. I love like secret recipe, um, like at McDonald's. Right. When you can like order the McGangbang. Well, you can do, so have you actually gone in and actually ordered it like from the person behind the counter? So it's hard to do now because they, they're With prompting you to go to the kiosk. And, yeah. But we used to, like when Lindsay was the Lindsay McDonald's yep. before the redo, yep. we ordered all kinds of shit. So I've done it from the kiosk, but I just ordered, now I did it in a smaller form where I basically, I bought the items I needed to make it. So I bought a sausage and egg McMuffin. And then I bought a McDouble and I split them apart and I relayered the sandwich with right. my egg and my sausage and my patties and cheese. And it was quite enjoyable at the time. Oh, for sure. I don't know if I'd do it again, but I, I did. I, I liked it. I'm going to throw another one out there for you. Yep. Arby's. Okay. Go in and ask for all the meats. All the meats. All the meats. It is probably taller than my beer my tall boy can oh of beer so it is so mythical sandwich like that does it have a mythical price it wasn't cheap it's, okay it's up there in price. I, I did now this is gosh 
five years ago yep. when I was eating there quite regularly. Was and that I, the one down the street from your store? That is correct. Nice. When it was my next door neighbor. Yeah, so you could just walk across the parking lot. I'm also, I encourage Woo. anyone that listens to this and ever goes there and gets the baked potato. Yep. Ask for the Scott baked potato and see oh. what you get because I was a pretty consistent baked potato. Yep. Uh, loaded baked potato, but no pump cheddar, ex- uh-huh. extra shredded. No and pump, just shredded. You got it. Okay. And they started calling that the Scott potato. The Scott so potato. I would just be curious if you went in, especially if Colleen, shout out to Colleen, uh, is working there, who's the current manager, she'd probably be able to get you a Scott potato. So on that note, I just want to ask the listeners, if you guys have got a mythological fast food item that uh, you are particular about, drop us a line and let us know what that's like. And uh, maybe we can do an episode of Hanging at the Barbershop where we recreate mythical food items and uh, and do a tasting for an episode. Maybe we can tie I that. I have a heart condition. We can you tie know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a gastrointestinal condition too, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Who's driving to the hospital? <laughs> Andy, drive. Oh, <laughs> Wait, October. Woo. Wait, did we get Andy's September story? We did. So. Oh, okay, Chucky okay. Chucky Chucky Chucky. Yeah, he's, mythical food. He started. Jesus. He started this mythical food. I'm so sorry. Yes, October. October. My birthday. Boop. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, has gone in. He's a governor. Not anymore. Yeah, second heart surgery in two years, and he'll be back. Second heart surgery in two, two, two years. Uh, good for him, I guess. I guess he's taking care of himself in a way. That's good. But it's it kind of begs that question of, you know, was, was he going to be predispositioned to this no matter what? I don't know. Or is this from all those years of pumping Well, iron? so I was going to suggest that maybe years of training and whatever else he did to his body that we don't know may have contributed to. Like, there's certainly... You know, there's evidence uh, about bodybuilding on the cardiovascular system and, you know, working too hard and what it can and, and can't do. And, and I mean, th- it was a valve replacement. Yes. Now he's yeah. had both. So he's yeah. had an aortic and, and a, a ventricle. Pul- a pulmonic? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Pulmonic and an aortic valve replacement. So, yeah. I mean, and we've seen him, at least I have recently on some of these, like, we've been watching some of the food documentaries that come up on Netflix and stuff. And he's in one talking about uh, – he actually publicly encouraged people not too long ago to just try just one day a week. Try a vegan diet one day a week. Don't change your whole lifestyle because that's just not feasible. It's not a smart uh, smart goal. You'll never do it. But he's like, just try it one day a week. And he's like, now he's like – he's like back then, he's like, I was competing. He's like, I was 250 pounds, so I was getting 250 grams, a gram of protein per pound per day, right? That's kind of what he was doing. That's a lot of protein. It is. Yeah. So he's like, now he's like, we're doing it smarter. He's like, now he's like with, with the right recipes and the right spices, he's like, I don't miss meat the way that I thought I would. So I don't know how he's doing that because I am a meat source. <laughs> At the end of the day, when yet again, we're going to say when you have money. Yeah. And I mean, maybe he's cooking himself, but I mean- he has the ability to purchase exactly what he needs. Yeah. Uh, take the classes or hire a private chef. Or I think that's more likely the case. Whatever he's doing, time and effort, because he's, you know, I mean, he's a busy man, but still, time oh, yeah. and effort, you can make anything good, right? I mean, you're putting a lot of effort into your meal yeah, prep we right are. now. We and are. I mean, right? But when you're an average person, convenience and speed. 
That's everything. Time is everything, right? Right. And, yeah. you know, whether when his kids were little, he had a nanny. For sure he had a nanny. Yeah, because she birthed a child for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a nanny, all right, but that's another Schwarzenegger but, story. But, right, so I mean, right, um, my hero. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, bird. Oh, uh, yes. He's a pescatarian. Oh, uh, fish guy. Month. So just for the month of uh, December. Really? Just he, fish for December? Yeah. Is that this December or is that Correct. every current. December? Oh, no, okay, this is okay. current and, yeah. So. Is Rogan and the other guys in on it too? No, like they were like sober October. Yeah, no, they kind of things were different this year, so no sober October happened. And Joe Who would want to be sober in this hellhole of a year, right? Though? And I think yeah. that's really what it came down to. And they really didn't sit down and talk about it. And you know, there was no goal put forward. So, no. and you know, to them, you know, that would be that was half the fun was the challenge. Yep. But I mean, right here, here we go. Another great show topic. Oh my God, yeah. We could throw down some sort of challenge. Uh, Not necessarily a... A food challenge. A food challenge or a... But a lifestyle challenge. Right, we could see who could get the most steps in a... I guess so. A day or lots of kinds of things. Why don't we ask the listeners? Oh. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Let's say uh, you and I, and uh, under the supervision of Andy, because he'll keep us honest is we put a poll out on the Facebook and we put some choices out there and we do it by uh, fan vote. What do you think about that? Sounds good. So we'll do a, we'll do a lifestyle challenge. What, say uh, 30 days? 30 days. 30 days. We'll put a couple options out there on the Facebook and you guys can go there and you can vote. And at the end of the voting period, the uh, number one vote takes the cake. And if we get no votes, then God damn, we're doing something wrong because no one's listening. That's right. <laughs> Means you, it means you and I are going to have to vote. That means if you want a piece, oh Andy's my, gonna, and Andy's going to have to break the tie. Could you imagine if the girls decided to swing the vote? Oh, shit. And be like, I think it'd be funny to see him do this. And you know what I'd say? I'd say it's fucking voter fraud. <laughs> it'd be, be conspiracy. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, To the highest yeah. courts. Voter fraud. All right. <laughs> On with October. October. So there's a few things in October. Hey, the show you're listening to right now had our first episodes published. And our sister show, uh, Fandom Power, published our first episodes, and uh, they've been bi-weekly ever since. So very happy about that. Jeff Bridges announced that he'd been diagnosed with lymphoma, but he's got a great team of doctors and he's doing well. And probably one of the, another big one, I think this one, people are still talking about this one. It's only been a couple of months, but uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen back on uh, October 6th after a uh, lengthy battle with cancer. Not the first time Eddie's battled with cancer. He had uh, tongue cancer years ago. He had a portion of his tongue removed. I think this time it was throat cancer, maybe. But really sad. Like his his son, Wolfgang, had announced the news on uh, social media. He was surrounded by uh, his family at the Providence St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica when uh, he took his final breath. Really a sad story, too, right? I mean, Wolfgang, let's remember here, Van Halen is this, like, it's this like mythical entity in terms of like the Hollywood kind of music scene, right? They were, you know, arguably, you know, at one time they were the biggest band in the world, right? Kind yep. of right there with Kiss. And, uh, you know, there's been some lineup changes and that's been, you know, kind of controversial across the, the fandom and, and over the last few years. Turns out that um, prior to Eddie getting really sick this time that... Um, He'd made his peace with Sammy Hagar and uh, Wolfgang, I guess, on Howard Stern not too long ago had announced that uh, they were working on 
they actually had a plan that they were working on getting everybody together, everybody. Uh, and they were affectionately referring to this thing as the kitchen sink tour. So, you know, everything but the kitchen sink. And they're like, oh, yeah. So they were going to have all three front men come back. So David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar, and Gary Sharon from Extreme, who did uh, a single Van Halen album with them back in the, what? See, that's cool, right? Yeah. And I mean, if that, I got to tell you, I was never a big, like, oh, you know, I got to go see Van Halen. Because for me, I'm very much steeped in the Van Hagar camp. That's where I am. I like early Van Halen with David Lee Roth, but I mean, I've also seen them perform live in the last 10 years, at least on, on TV and on the internet. And I'm not impressed. I think that uh, Sammy Hagar is a better vocalist. And I think he's a better songwriter. So I just, I gravitate to that aspect of the band more, but if they had pulled this off, I'd have scraped the money together, you know, to go and see it. I'm sure it would have been crazy, crazy tour, but I, I would have seen it for sure. That's my October. My October, one of the most venomous caterpillars in the United States, decided to branch out. <laughs> Caterpillar branches out. Yep. The pus caterpillar, or flannel moth, okay. which is native to the state of Texas, was found in Virginia. So Virginia, so north and east. You say flannel moth, I thought for sure you were going to say Washington. No. I thought it came from Seattle, all the flannel. Nice. <laughs> they are very cute. They're covered in like little fur, but uh, yeah, don't pick them up. I guess the that would hence the flannel aspect of their name. What is it with uh, invasive species or you know stuff that can hurt you? You know, hasn't been a good year for that. That's for ah. sure. So that was October. I guess now we're uh, what moving on to November. November. You got one. Yep. November twenty third. In Jasper, Alberta, yep. the uh, municipal government posts a sign not to let moose lick your car. And the, the idea behind this is they don't want to get them um, to have a taste for the road salt that's on your car and then come up to the highway. So, I mean, I spent years commuting between Petawawa and here, right? So, I mean, like, I'm no stranger to moose country, and I get all the warnings, like, Especially driving through Algonquin Park, right? Yep. You're you're totally like, okay, if you see a moose, don't stop for the moose. Don't like, don't you know, get out of your car. And all. Okay, first of all, you've got to be stopped for the moose to be licking your car. Yeah. Secondly, what did you do to get there for the moose to be licking your car? And thirdly, when they say don't let the moose lick your car, what you, do they expect you to do? How are you making it stop? <laughs> Hello, please stop. Go away, moose. Are they, are Go they, away, are moose. Are they suggesting that you wash your car more regularly? Like, you guys have driven up through Algonquin. Yeah. And you've seen them. They literally walk out to the center of the road and they stop. Horn blowing. Doesn't matter. If it's not going to move, it's not going to move. So what What did they think they were going to do? Yeah. Nudge them. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it that right because it's right. That's exactly why we're picking these headlines. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay, I got a good one for November. This one's kind of cool. It this is an older story, but the the confirmation of this story broke in November. Uh, George Clooney. Uh, George Clooney actually confirmed this really cool story uh, about a sum of money and his best friends. So back in 2017. 
his buddy and Casamigos tequila partner Randy Gerber have shared a story about how the actor gave suitcases packed with $1 million to each of his 14 closest pals a few years earlier. But now, in a chat with uh, GQ, George himself has confirmed the wild tale. Quote, I just thought basically if I get hit by a bus, they're all in the will, so why the fuck am I waiting to get hit by a bus? He said in an interview that came out on November 17th, the giveaway happened in 2013. Getting that kind of money in cash was difficult, but he eventually went to a place in downtown Los Angeles for it. As if he was in a movie, he drove away with the $14 million in a rental beat-up van that said florist on the side. <laughs> the following day, he had his friends over to the house. He's like, I just held up a map and, and pointed to all the places that I got to go in the world and all the things that I've gotten to see because of them. And I said, how do you repay people like that, he recalled. And I said, oh, well, how about a million bucks? $14 million, eh? You want George Clooney as a friend, apparently. No doubt. Yeah, really. The other George Clooney news that came out was uh, he said that uh, during COVID and uh, something for like the last 22 years, he's been doing his own haircuts with the Floby. <laughs> I don't know how true that one is, but it made me laugh. I was talking about the Floby not too long ago. It might even been one of the shows we did where Floby came into conversation. I sucked George's hair up in the vacuum the other day to try to put a pony in. <laughs> Maybe that's where we were talking about it. The it, Floby. It did not do a good job. No. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, oh, man, we've all had those like lottery winning dreams and stuff. And uh, I mean, what do you do? Like, I know lottery winnings in the United States are taxable, but what, what happens when your friend just hands you a, a suitcase full of cash? How do you claim that? I don't know. Is that, it's a gift. Is that income? Is it considered income? If you give me a Christmas card with a $10 bill in it, it's exactly that. It's a gift. Yeah. Ooh. Just made 14 millionaires. Good for you, George. Yeah. Just push them all into another tax yeah. bracket. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, November was kind of slow. That's my November. Oh, I, you know, I do have one more for November. Going back to the Royals and uh, Harry and his uh, stripping of his appointments. You know what's really funny about that? is he had asked to have a wreath laid on his behalf for the uh, the British Sunday of Remembrance, which is like two days before our Remembrance Day. And uh, the palace courtiers denied the request. But the funny thing is, you know who did get to lay a wreath that year? Like the British tabloid, like the sun got to lay one, but he couldn't. So like, huh? Right. Yeah. So there was November. What do you get for November, Andy? Uh, I have mysterious monoliths that oh were erected and then days later removed. And it's still happening. It is. Apparently the first one went up in Utah in the Red Rock Desert. Okay. But days later it was gone. And then a few days after that, uh, another one was found in northern Romania on top of a hill. So I got to, I mean, I... Stuff like this comes up and I go back to like, is this like, is this a crop circle conspiracy theory? Like, you know how crop circles were back in the seventies, right up until, and then then proven to be like, Oh, hoax. It was, there's a couple of guys with boards strapped to their feet, rolling around the the farm field, stomping the corn down. Well, not all of them. A good chunk of them. Uh, Some of them were uh, altered on a chemical state. I look forward to hearing about it in the new show. <laughs> yes. Um, some of them are admittedly the work of pranksters and artists. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. The third one has been claimed by a, a couple people, but there's something like 87 of them that have popped up. 
has there been any kind of analysis on any of these, like the ones that are not claimed, like what are they made of? Like not as of yet. I don't Interesting. think because they're just giant silver monoliths. Yeah. yeah. And are they like heavy? Apparently they're somewhere in the area of 400 pounds. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they're not easily movable. No, you need a few guys to get it sure. where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Or like a forklift or something. And and some places that are reporting them are actually seeing like a spike in, I don't know, like advertising, I guess. Interesting. And in a good way. Like tourism dollars or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Like I think one's out front of a, uh, not a veterinary clinic, like an adoption center. Oh, okay. Yeah. And because it showed up, their awareness went up and they've yeah. seen a spike in adoptions. That's interesting. If there's a, be interesting to see if there's a correlation there for sure. I think they've, they've started to appear in Canada too. Didn't you say there was one in Toronto? I feel like Toronto or Montreal. I don't know. Sure. I, like I said, doing the research for the show Yeah. and searching a couple months and something came up today yeah. in one of my searches and it was definitely somewhere in Canada near us. Yeah. So. Wow. But yeah, it's interesting. It's it's like anything. It's like, oh yeah, we do these art installs and but it's weird, right? That you know, they're here and they're there and they're abroad and yeah. they're Yeah, if they're all the same. It's like, well, how does somebody in Romania get the exact same monolith that somebody in Utah gets? Yeah. Monolith or us. I've I've heard of like sort of like I won't call them fan movements or fan campaigns, but I've heard of like grassroots movements where like people will take an object. So like I'll use my coffee mug, for example, and I'll maybe sign it or something and then I'll mail it to somebody in uh, another country and then they'll do something with it and then like take a picture of it and then they'll send it on to somebody else in another country and they'll take a picture of it and then they'll send it to some and it keeps going and going and going. Do we think it's anything like that? Are these things like the same few getting moved around multiple times? But how, like, if, and again, how would a simple person? I don't know. Pay to ship a four hundred pound yeah. monolith? Yeah, you're, you're right. But well, it'd be easier to just ship uh, directions. I mean, even via the internet. On how to suppose there's like a site that says, "Hey, you want to build a monolith? Here's oh the, yeah, uh, yeah, here's yeah, the here's blueprint." The... The dark web. Maybe. <laughs> Should do an episode on the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. <Maybe. laughs> Any more? Not that I have for November. Okay. I guess that brings us to, uh, holy crap. December. 12 months. It's been a long ride. Here we Just are like in that. December now. We're still in December, so I mean, stuff could still happen after right. this. But where are we at so far? Nine pound goldfish found in South Carolina. <laughs> on an expert's opinion, yep. they put it back. What? So I guess um, I don't know. They were doing a, a stalking or um, like write something scientific. Yeah. And checking out the species in this pond. Okay. And they found the goldfish. Yep. And I guess they figured he'd been there long enough that he hadn't adversely affected the interesting biodiversity. Yeah. So they oh. put him back. I suppose if there's no if there's no way for that fish to spawn and reproduce it's going to die out naturally is that the thought process i don't know that's nine pounds he's doing okay i guess the question would be what's the lifespan of a goldfish in the wild you know i mean how long do they live in in a bowl or in an aquarium like can be years yeah at least a couple 
I would think that it, you know, survivability would go up the bigger you are. Never at my house. <laughs> Days. Kim tells me stories about there being goldfish buried out in the yard somewhere. So right. But yeah, some kid either flushed it or some kid that you know, or somebody got it and went, "Fuck, that's nine pounds. We can't," and just tossed it into the pond. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, for the second time on my list, Tom Cruise makes it again. This time, from the set of Mission Impossible 7, if you haven't heard it by now, Tom Cruise went on a bit of a tirade where he uh, essentially scolded a couple of the crewmen uh, working on the film uh, for violating the uh, COVID protocols that were set uh, for the film. And from all accounts, it seems like the, the public response to that has actually been pretty supportive because essentially they're, they're filming in an area that was hit. I think they're filming in Italy. Right, and we all know how hard that Italy got hit. So, I mean, in order for them to do that, they've had to make certain assurances for them to be able to film again. And I guess, you know, he went off about, like, again, his commitment to the industry and, and what he's doing. Because he's not just... This is where I kind of drew the, the the comparison. You can't help but make that comparison to when Christian Bale went off on the set of Batman and he just ripped that sound guy, I guess it was, apart. But that's an actor who's getting angry at somebody for harshing their mojo, right? For interrupting the flow. This thing with Tom Cruise, this isn't Tom Cruise, the actor who's going off on a rant. This is Tom Cruise, the producer, which means that's Tom Cruise, your boss, who's telling you you're violating company policy. Right. right. So did he do it in such a way? I mean, it was profane laced and all the other things that, you know, we think of as horrible bosses being. Sure, maybe the delivery could have been better, but the Sometimes message. that's what's needed. Well, you don't have to convince me of that. <laughs> 15 years in the army, man. You don't think I've been swore at? <laughs> yeah. He was channeling his character from Tropic Thunder. I will fuck you up! <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Tom Cruise goes off on a rant about COVID, and uh, the world kind of goes, okay. Which was not the craziest Tom Cruise headline of the year. And then I'm going to end on this one because it's been near and dear to my heart. The Disney Plus flagship show, The Mandalorian, just had its season finale last, uh, well, this month. I won't say when because it will be too narrow, too damning to where we are recording this episode. But yes, so December, the finale of The uh, Mandalorian went off, which saw the return of Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker in a scene-stealing sequence that many media outlets claim to have broke the internet. Mark Hamill's involvement in the show was one of Hollywood's best-kept secrets in recent years, having remained under wraps for an entire year without getting leaked. That's no short of uh, a monumental feat today. And then he trolled himself. Holy cow, did he ever. You see anything good on TV tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool, though. Like, Mark had said, like, he had talked about being done with the character and, and, like, publicly stating, I'm done with the character, I'll still you know, uh, you know, respect what it was and what I did and what it means to people. And I love all you fans and all that, but it's like, I'm done. So then he comes back and he does this and it's body doubled, but they've basically taken the face swapping technology, put Mark's face on another actor and then tried to de-age him. And uh, man, the vitriol that's come out of like this whole process of trying to de-age Mark Hamill's face. So... I had said to you, I wasn't overly impressed. I sure. it looks when I watched it a second time. Yeah, I it totally looks 
it looks good. It does look good. It looks like they've cut them out of Jedi. Yep. And plopped them on there. And I think as we had discussed, uh, TV shows just don't get the budget that movies do. Yes, exactly. And like, right. And when you look back with what they've done in the movies with Princess Leia and Tarkin, those characters didn't have the screen time. They didn't. That this happened. I And they didn't have the lines. I participated in an online conversation today about this very subject. And, uh, you know, there was the complaint about, you know, Mark Hamill's CGI was the worst CGI I've ever seen. And I'm, and I'm like, people who are criticizing the CGI in this television show are forgetting that it's a television show on a television budget. You know, and just because it's Disney, we tend to think that these projects have unlimited money, but they really don't. So my my counterpoint was, do these things not automatically come with a built-in sense of suspension of disbelief? Because they sure did in the 70s and the 80s when we right. were growing up. You automatically went into it, uh, you know, knowing that, okay, this is like, this is space opera, so it's not going to be this big realistic thing. You know, and then I, I kind of further went on to say, like, Star Trek, the senior franchise who's been around for 55 plus years, has been getting away with low fidelity prosthesis on a guy's forehead and nobody bats an eye. Yeah. But you give me some, you know, arguably mediocre piece of CGI and people start losing their mind. And I think you've, you know, you've just proven how. You know, like we did in our sister show, uh, our episode on toxic fandom, it's just proof positive of how toxic, you know, Star Wars fans can really be about about stuff that they hold dearly. But anyway, Mandalorian finale came on and it was the most magical moment uh, in Star Wars that I've seen probably ever. And uh, I love it so much. I can't wait for it to come back next year. That's it for me for my uh, 12 months of uh, 2020. Andy, you got one more, don't you? I've got one more. From the Huffington Post. Ooh, HuffPost. I like their stuff. A Michigan man who sued his parents for throwing out his prized pornography collection is now in line to collect a hefty reimbursement sum. How much? How much? So the collection itself was apparently valued at around $25,000, and the settlement he is slated to receive is seventy five grand. So is this a seeking damages in the amount of, or is this awarded damages in the amount of? I don't know for sure. I think it's. Uh, and are his parents able to pay, to pay for it? it? Yeah. That's. I guess they have until February to. Because uh, to figure me, it out. if you're gonna sue your parents and you know they're finance, he must think they can pay it. Maybe. That's a lot that's of bizarre. That's a lot of lube, and <laughs> movies. Well, or, you know, I mean, it's, let's face it. I mean, we all have like isms within the families, right? Let's say, you know, you're, you really have it in for them. Like, does the lawyer think that they're going to sell their house to pay this off or like other assets? Do you know what I mean? Like how ruthless is this guy? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, according to the court record, it showed that there was 1,605 individual <laughs> titles of DVD and VHS content. Yes. At least 50 sex toys and paraphernalia. It's the film collection that makes up the bulk of that. Yeah. Apparently it was 12 boxes of porn. (sighs) And the parents thought they were doing him a favor. By getting rid of it. Yeah. They equated it to a 12 box load of crack. 
We talked about this right. before, right? Like back in the VHS days where you'd go and buy a porno movie and they'd be like, what, 50 or $60 well, for a right. VHS tape? Yeah. Like you average that out over, what'd you say, 25000 in value? Yep. So that's a lot of tapes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I can't right. imagine that the DVDs got any cheaper. No. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Hey, buddy, the internet is for porn and it's free. A box of crusty Kleenex. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Socks that do their own walking. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that is a, that is awesome. Yeah, his statement on it was: this collection was irreplaceable. On some level, it probably is because you're talking. If we're going back to VHS, now you're talking like performers who yeah may not even be alive anymore, but are definitely probably not in the industry anymore. Um, I'm sure, but, a uh, lot of it's been converted over, but not all of it. Like, no. I wonder what they did. Like, did they burn it? Did they take it to the landfill? Well, know. if it's anything or... like our house, I mean, funny, not funny story, but Kim, who cannot forgive herself for this, inadvertently put out a bag of uh, stuffed toys, and she's almost certain in hindsight that she saw the driver pick up the bag and throw it in the cab of the truck. So, I mean, if it was a porn collection and if it was just in the household waste, and the garbage guys, and you can't tell me that it doesn't happen, happen to see something that's maybe a little evocative or provocative, goes, oh, what's Never in Never made the back of the truck. That's what I mean. Probably didn't. That'd be my guess anyway. Made it onto Kijiji. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess it's Craigslist down in the States. Yeah, yeah Craigslist for sure. Sex swing, gently used. <laughs> non-smoking, non-pet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, speaking of sex swings, I uh, I, yes. I took your horrible advice and I watched uh, Palm Springs. Uh, not Palm Springs, uh, the Pauly Shore movie. Is it Palm Springs? Yeah, no, it's House Guest. House Guest. Oh, my God, that's yeah. horrible. Oh, come it's on, terrible. you laughed. So I will admit that I laughed, but I don't change my opinion. By the time I was done watching the train wreck that it is, I said, who gave this guy uh, money this far into his non-existent career? To me, it was, it's what you what you would get if you tried to make. Like to me, it was a mashing of Animal House and Porky's, as if it was made today. It was just like it seems so out of time. It was so out of place. Don't get me wrong; like it has all the shock comedy value that I guess you could expect from it. But like again, like. Who in 2020, who thought Pauly Shore was going to be a viable bet? Was it a Netflix? Of uh, it's not a Netflix, no. uh, but it's uh, good lord, I don't even know. Like, did it go to theaters? No, no, yeah, but it wasn't a Netflix original, that's no. for sure. But Just yeah, so somebody bizarre. paid for it, yeah. Lou Ferrigno's in it, <laughs> and uh, let's be honest, it was uh, it's trending, it was in like the top 10. It is, it was like four six i don't know but yeah it was in the it's in the 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 week of this recording it's in the top 10 in canada that's yeah. for sure so it's but it's weird like super super weird i mean uh listener uh listener beware uh watch at your own risk uh i cannot recommend this movie i know that's not a Scott, you probably can. I got you to watch it, didn't I? Well, yeah, as <laughs> morbid curiosity got the better of me. I taught you a lesson. Uh, uh, yeah, but sometimes you you go. Listen, I never would have like watched a thing with Bird if I if if we weren't friends. So right. 
I mean, that I can give you total credit for because he's hilarious. I yeah. like him a lot. Can't wait for the machine. Not the machine. The, um, yeah, the machine when they option that one out. And do the, uh, Into a the real film. movie. Yeah. Into yeah, his yeah. movie. That's going to be right. Funny, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, that was the uh, year in review. Just a quick look back at the last 12 months of what is and what was and what will be the last remaining days of 2020. I guess as we're going on into 2021, uh, we can turn our attention, maybe look a little bit forward and think about resolutions. Anybody going to do resolutions there in the upcoming year? Maybe. Do you have any traditional ones that you, you have go-tos that you, you wheel them out sort of every couple of years and say, it didn't work this time, I'll try it again? Or No, not so much. No? How about you, Scott? Resolution guy? I'm a failure of resolution, so I'm not going to do one this year. You don't year. make them. Nope. Okay. Well, I do. Sure. I don't follow through. Do you make them silently or do you verbalize them? Because if you verbalize them, they become real and then there's oh, accountability, right? Right. You have so to actually tell someone. Sort of like when my daughter says that I need to uh, visualize my axe-throwing championshipness. Similar, yeah. Yes, and then sure. she tells me I didn't write it down. She's like, got to write it down a times. <laughs> I'm like, I wrote it down twice. No, it just comes to that whole accountability thing. Because if you set, I'll use the weight loss one because that's a common one for people, right? I'm going to lose I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this year. If you don't tell anybody that you're going to lose 10 pounds this year, it's not a resolution. Because if you don't lose the 10 pounds, nobody's the wiser. Right. So resolutions, they have to be real and they have to be spoken and they have to be verifiable by a third party. Right. So that's my take on resolutions. I don't make them anymore because much like you, I'm a resolution breaker and I just can't stand the guilt that goes with it because that's something that I struggle with, right? Listeners, if you've got uh, New Year's resolutions that you guys like to uh, bust out and uh, cycle through on a semi, you know, every couple of years, Drop us a line. Let us know what those are. We'd love to hear what some of your best ones are. Well, guys, that's it for me. I had a great, uh, you know, Sawcast has only been uh, a thing for just a few months. So uh, I look forward to doing this again uh, 12 months from now nice. when we have a full year of, uh, of shows to look back on. Maybe next year's will be a recap of, uh, of the last, well, we're doing, what, two shows a month. So maybe we'll be able to do a, a bit more of a review about our shows. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Well, for uh, Hanging at the Barbershop and uh, Sawcast Productions, I'm your host, Wes. I'm your host, Scott. I'm here, too. All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. From all, right. all of us here at the Sawcast family, have a wonderful, happy new year. Better times in 2021, my friends. And we will talk to you soon. Be safe, have fun, and bye for now. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for hanging with us at the barbershop. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Please like and share us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on all of our shenanigans. Hanging at the Barbershop is a Sawcast production.